¿Estás lista? Sí. Ok. I'm so nervous. I always get Don't nervous. be nervous. Always, pero bueno. Let's get started. Ok. Mónica. Hola. Hola. ¿Cómo estás? Bien. Thank you so much for accepting my invite, by the way. Absolutely. I'm honored. Pleasure to be here. Nice. Well, thank you so much. It's happy 4th of July, by the way. It is. It's the 4th of July. You got plans? Uh, no plans. How about you? Mm, I've got this. <laughs> There this you go. This is my plan. There you go. So, again, I want to thank you because not only it's a Sunday, it's 4th of July, and you're still giving me this time to chat. So, again, yes. gracias. You are so welcome. Yes. Thank you. So, we were talking a little bit about the po uh, podcast before we got started, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I was telling you is that it's up to 52 episodes, at least this series. Okay. And as I'm evolving into the guest and, and what is my subject, the theme that I want to talk about, is not only talk about uh, talk to interesting people such as yourself, but also <laughs> people that are uh, making a positive impact in our community. And you're the perfect example oh, of that. Thank you. I appreciate that. No. I, don't, I don't see it that way. Really? I don't. Why not? I just, you know, it, I love what I do. And it's not something that is necessarily like you go to school for. It's just algo que me crece. You know, it's just inside me and, and I do it. I don't think about what I'm going to get in return. It's just me going out there and touching people's lives and making a difference. I think that that's the ultimate high, you know? It is the ultimate high. And by the way, you do such a great job at thank making you. a difference. So aside from thanking you for your time, I want to thank you for, for everything that you're involved, everything that you do. Because to be honest, you've been doing it for a very long time. And just like like you've been saying, it's your personality. But at the same time, you do impact a lot of people. So Thank you. Again, I appreciate it, amigo. All right, Monica. Well, let's get started. For anyone maybe that's not familiar to, uh, with you, talk to us a little bit about who you are and what is it that you do, please. So my name is Monica, and I am an on-air personality for 93.1 KISS FM. I'm on Monday through Friday uh, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I'm also on as Sundays as a bonus just to round out your week. I I. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've been in radio for the last <laughs> over two decades. I started when I was 16 years old. Really? Yes. And it wasn't it wasn't something that I pursued per se. It was something that just happened. And it was such a natural progression, I suppose. And uh, here I am. I've been blessed without a doubt. Well, thank you. Tell us how it happened, because you said again, this is I, not something that you it maybe wasn't. wasn't your dream. <laughs> but talk to us a little bit about it. Wasn't. How it I wasn't. I actually um, I wanted to grow up to be an art curator. I'm fascinated by art. I myself am an artist, and when I graduated high school, it was I was 16 years old. I graduated early, and I didn't want to go to college right away. I wanted to take a year off. I was. I've always been lack of a better term, an overachiever. I've always, you know, I took zero period. I took after school activities. I was just always the metiche everywhere, you know? And so then I was exhausted. I was 16 and I was exhausted and I didn't want to go to college right away. So I had uh, taken a year off. My mom was like, you can either go to school or go to work, but you're not going to just stay at home. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So I went out and about, tried to get a job. And that summer, one of my friends and I were driving around town, and she was driving at that time. And uh, we were listening to a radio station. It was KXCR. And back in the day, KXCR used to be a public radio station. And it was kind of like the signature college station in town, even though it was not the college station. But they used to play like reggae and alternative music, which you weren't hearing on the regular radio stations. So that's where Club 101 and Joe Dorgan, they were, he was on there and he was doing Stepping Out. 
and there was an advertisement on the on the radio when we were driving and they were accepting volunteers but primarily it was a jazz station we went applied and i got a call back and that's how i started in radio maybe six months later bill toll who was he recently retired my first mentor in radio and he was at ktsm and he hired me to do overnight shift. It was basically babysitting the station, recording some shows that were gonna get played back later in the morning, like Don Imus, which was you know a classic in talk radio. And the reason, <laughs> to be honest, that I took the job was because by the time I started at KTSM, I had already enrolled in college at UTEP, and I didn't have a computer, and I needed to do my work on a computer. Okay. And I was like, can I use your computer while I'm here working to do my like stuff for work? And they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And that's why I took the job. <laughs> it wasn't computer. like, wow. it wasn't because I was like pursuing a, a job in radio and you know, and that's how it all got started. And 20 plus years later, yeah, you're still I'm doing still that. here. And so I, I'm not originally from El Paso. I moved here when we were about, well, I was about 14 years old, and then... From Hollywood, California? Yes, from mm -hmm. Hollywood, California, and then <laughs> I didn't, El Paso was not obviously Hollywood, California, so I turned to my mom and I was like, when I turn 18, I'm leaving, and she was like, whatever, do what you gotta do. I didn't leave at 18, but I did leave, I wanna say it was 21 or 22, and I moved up to Portland, Oregon, and I have family up there. Were and you working for radio as well? I didn't work for radio for the first year, but then eventually I did work for radio and actually worked for another radio station in Vancouver. Yeah, I was just bouncing around. Um, but it was such a great experience, you know, stepping outside of the El Paso market. And it was a behemoth to, to be in a bigger, larger city and to find out that the radio world is exactly the same no matter where you go. There's still the higher ups, there's still the, you know, the middle middles and it's still the same kind of circle. Uh, it's very difficult to get a job in radio, no matter where you go, because you have your standards, you have your usual suspects that are on, that people have learned to love in their community, and you just can't just walk in and be like, hey, what's up? You know, and, and you have to know the city. And so to say that I've been with KISS FM for 17 years since I moved back to El Paso has been a blessing because the community did embrace me. And I'm so grateful for that, you know, because I don't know. I mean, if it wasn't for that, I, what else would I be doing? Wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> Let me ask you, 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 you've been active on Kiss FM for a very long time, just like you said. Um, and it's not luck, it's just not, uh, I mean, there's more to it. So looking back, what is it that you think that has helped you been active for so long? So that's a very good question. And there's actually purpose for me because I moved back to El Paso from Portland because my mom fell ill. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily my choice to say, oh, I'm gonna move back to El Paso. But it was my choice to move back to El Paso. So when I came back, I didn't have a job. Uh, there were no radio prospects, anything. So I actually waited tables for a little over a year when I moved back to El Paso and I loved it. I love waiting tables. I think it's like, <laughs> it's such a great job because you get to meet people. I, I'm a people person, I love that. Um, but when I did get into radio, I decided very early on that I was gonna use my platform to help cultivate things to do in El Paso. So it was very self-serving in the beginning. It was like, well, there's nothing to do. Well, let's make stuff happen. And this is in your 20s that you have this mindset. Right. Wow. You know, it was like, let's stir the pot. Let, let. 
how do I know that can benefit from this or, you know, and so I started putting people together. Like this person wants to do this, this person can do that, they should meet, then they can work together. And so it became a lot of that. It was a lot of connection. It was a lot of, hey, I know somebody that you should meet. Hey, I know somebody that you should meet. Yeah, and that's how it got started. And then it was it was about my community, you know, and I started seeing different perspective. It was a whole different perspective. It wasn't 14-year-old Monica going, oh my God, this is so lame, you know? Uh, it was like, well, I'm here now. Okay, let's get busy. It was when it's that mindset, and it still is. It really is, because I I live here now. This is my home. I'm not going anywhere. And so when I have people come in, whether they're friends from other cities or celebrities, I want to be proud of my city and I want to show it off and, and explain to them what makes El Paso such a gem. Because to be honest, I've always thought that El Paso has this tremendous potential that just hasn't been tapped into adequately. Not that everybody's doing a great job in, in, in each department, but there's so much more that we just not have haven't tapped into and, and you know I feel like if uh, I can help that help it grow and cultivate it awesome wow I'm down I agree with you a hundred percent because one of the things that motivated me to do this podcast I like I really love my city right but there's nothing going on again that, that was my mindset back then right and then as, as I was doing my research as far as okay who can I interview what's going on in El Paso I saw that I was way wrong. I was way off. Mm -hmm. The truth is there's a lot of things going on in El Paso. There's a lot of great people. And I'm like, oh, my God. But that's even better. That's the reason why I'm telling you that now I'm shifting into kind of like recognizing that type of person, mm -hmm. right? So now let, let's go back a little bit because it, it's, it's interesting how this kind of mindset that just like you've been saying, it's kind of like the same mindset that you have. You had it at 20, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, where is that coming from? I don't know. I think this is just who I've always been. You know, if I have something that I know that you can benefit from, te lo voy a dar, I'm going to give it to you, or I'm going to help you out. Because we all, like, we're all struggling. Everybody, it's a, it's a daily thing. Everybody has issues. Everybody's got demons. So if I can make your life just a little bit better for half a second, I'm down. How are you able to translate the way that you think into your audience, into the way you network with people? Because I know right now it's really simple for you to be that just I'm being myself. Mm -hmm. But looking back, what are some of the things that are helping you connect with your audience? So the key word is trust. It's you have to trust yourself. You have to believe in yourself. And then from there, confidence sprouts. From there, once you have that foundation laid down, then the ideas start to sprout like bubbles. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful, you know? Yeah, 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 it's so true. This confidence, does it come from your parents, from maybe uh, no, experiences amigo. that you had? <laughs> I'm really trying to see if maybe someone listening that doesn't have your confidence, yeah. right? What is it that they can do to get that, right? Because it's really simple for us to talk about it now, but the truth is that there's a lot of people that are not as confident as you. Well, okay, so, uh, you know, it's just, a lot of it's very natural. Mm -hmm. I've always been this personality. I've always been very loud. And, you know, my brother is the exact opposite of me. He's an introvert. He doesn't go out. He, you know, he does go out, but he, he it, two separate, we're like the sun and the moon. <laughs> but I think that for somebody out there who may have that passion or feels like they can, they just don't know how to raise their voice, 
you have to really trust yourself and believe that what you're saying counts, whether or not you think that they're going to judge you. Because if you stop to worry about what other people are thinking, you're never going to do anything. You can't please everybody. That's honestly, that's the thing. You cannot please anybody. So you have to have a certain goal. You have to have a certain standard for yourself. You know, we're talking about earlier, you know, editing and, and doing all these things with technology and, and uh, you know, trying to figure out how you're doing this. But you just got to do it and you're going to learn as you're going. But you have to set a standard for yourself. Ooh, I like that. You know what I mean? You, so when you're editing, you can't be lazy, right? Or if, you know, for example, for me, if I'm on the air and I'm not doing my prep, I'm lazy. Can I, can I do a shift without prepping? Absolutely, you know? But for me, I'm cheating myself and I'm cheating my audience. Wow. You have to have a, an accountability factor because if you don't, then what are you working towards? Wow. You know? Yeah, and, and it makes perfect sense. And just like I was telling you, I value time so much. I'm also very busy, right? So like I was saying, I spend an average of 15 hours per guest because I want to also be my mm -hmm. hold myself accountable to this standard, right? Mm -hmm. And then when people ask me, because th there's some people that reach out, hey, I want to start a podcast, what is it? And I'm like, wait a second, I'm not an expert, trust me. But I know a lot of people just say, start with, with a phone, start with something. And I get that approach, which is true. It's mm -hmm. better than not starting. Mm -hmm. But for example, in my case, if, if, if you are able to afford the nice microphone, the, the better camera, if you're able to afford, do that. Because mm -hmm. at the same time, that's kind of like your standard of, hey, I, it's not only about starting, but I can start at this level, right? Right. And it comes with the same thing to preparation, to anything that you do. And now you can tell as far as, okay, this makes not only your work life, but I'm sure your personal life, this is the same thing that applies mm -hmm. to everything else. That yeah, you I live by a schedule. Like, <laughs> my day is thoroughly scheduled. I'm doing laundry like at 11 o'clock at night if I have to, you know what I mean? But it's because you have to learn to navigate your time. You have to also, and it's very important you're talking about, spending 15 hours editing, which you also have to work smarter and not harder. True. You know, so there are there are ways that that you can, you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk after this about that, you know. <laughs> but um, but also, you know, navigate your time where you're also se separating some time for yourself. And that's very important to, you know, keep yourself healthy, do what you got to do, take a walk, go to the gym, whatever jives for you. Pero tomar ese tiempo. It's very important. It's very important that you have your me time to shed all the energies around you that you're, you know, encountering throughout the day or throughout the week, however you do it, you know, but it, that's also very key is to take some time. Don't talk to anybody. Don't work just do you, you know, nice. but it's okay. I'm talking to myself in the female <laughs> version. Cause I, I also like find a balance. Not, it's not about eating 24 seven, the right way exercise. You have to find a balance. I'm coming back from a, a two week vacation to Cancun, not mm -hmm. bragging or anything. But same thing, I, I, my goal was to uh, post uh, an, um, or upload uh, an episode once a week. Um, but then as I was doing them, I found myself extremely busy that I wasn't enjoying myself. So I'm like, wait a Same. second, are you doing this for, what's the reason behind this? And I'm doing it for myself to hang around with people such as yourself, uh, to meet, to to, um, to also get best practices from uh, from individuals like yourself. And I'm like, you know what, it's gonna be bi-weekly. And for example, when I had this vacation, I'm like, 
uh, I know it's been like maybe three weeks, maybe four weeks that I post, but you know what? I'm, I'm okay with it because there's also has to be sí. a balance between your time, right? Whatever makes you happy, go for it. And when I see the people that are living like the perfect life of the fit lifestyle or maybe the diet at 24, so I'm like, I get it. And if they make someone happy, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But I think it's always going to be happier if you find a balance of everything, yes. right? Like yes. you don't have to be that perfect person, right? No. Let's talk about this, Monica, because you, you, you're you a local personality, right? Sí. Um, Involved in a community. We're going to talk about everything that you do, the projects mm. that you're involved. <laughs> but is there pressure to be on, meaning that, like, kind of, like, to look a certain way, you have to act a certain way, you post certain things and maybe other things you don't? Is there a pressure of that? I mean, right now you've been doing so, it for so long that maybe it's second nature. You know, um, maybe pressure is not the, the right word. You choose to do what you choose to do. Okay, again, we're talking about that standard. How do you want to be perceived? Okay, so for me, you know, my honor personality, when you when you hear me or when I run into people, I can be your hermana, I can be your sister, I can be your girlfriend, I can be your whatever, you know? Um, because I'm very neutral. I don't bring anything other than my perspective to, to the mic. So the pressure of maybe looking a certain way, well, I, I'm always out and about. I'm always meeting people. I'm always uh, doing some kind of function. So I have to look a certain way. It's not like I could just show up in my pajamas and be like, cool, you know? Uh, and I want to, to, not just because I have to do it for work or for whatever function I'm doing, but also because I feel good, you know? And I want to wear my red lipstick and I want to change up my hair color because I used to have like super dark black hair. And now people are like, oh my God, you've gone blonde. Yeah, why not? You know what I mean? I've had my hair purple and red and pink in so many years. And so it's just variedad and whatever feels good at the moment, you know? And I, and I feel like people get stuck and I, well, I've always had black hair. So change it up. Maybe you feel purple today. Maybe you feel like green hair. I think people don't give themselves enough opportunities because they get stuck. They get they settle for what's happening. And for me, ever since I was young, ever since, you know, I started in radio, I remember thinking to myself, I don't want to work a job where I walk in and it's the same thing over and over and over. I I, I can't it drives me mad. It drives me mad. I can't, I can't do it. So radio actually was the perfect outlet for me. And there's a funny story that I'm going to share with you here in just a second. But um, radio, every single day of my life in radio has been different. There is no day that's the same. Because you don't know who you're going to talk to. I mean, yes, I'm on the radio. But I don't know what I'm going to say until I say it, you know. Um, but what's funny about talking back on growing up and what I wanted to be. Before we moved to El Paso, my mom used to actually work for RCA in California. She actually used to make vinyl, right? So my mom would bring these discos home and I would like study the albums. And I'd, I'd open up the albums and I'd sit there with my brother and I'd look over the songs and you know the jacket and the whole thing. And I got to doing that so much that I started reading like the bylines and was like, look brother, This album was recorded at this studio. But look, this album was recorded at this studio. Like, who does that? You know? <laughs> that was me, you know? And I remember when we were kids, my brother and I, we used to play and we used to take like products from like the kitchen 
And I used to pretend to like redo the commercials on TV with the products. Really? How crazy is that? <laughs> but I never in my life, you know, put one and one together. It was just like, it was predestined. In my opinion, that's how it worked out because I literally got the job in radio without seeking it. While others that I've met throughout my life have told me, how do you get in radio? And I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. I just, I literally, I got lucky, you know? I really got lucky. And the first time I heard myself back on the radio, I 100% thought, who is that and why am I even doing that? Because it was the most horrible thing I ever heard. I didn't, I didn't think I had a voice for radio and it's all, you know, subjective, but yeah, it was. <laughs> and so because it was public radio, I didn't I have any shame. I was like, well, nobody's listening. <laughs> <You're done laughs> I was like, nobody's <laughs> listening, you know? And I think that that mentality I've carried throughout all these years and that's what's helped me not even think about it. Really? I yeah. So, so so you touched a little bit on my next question as far as how did you get over that? I was telling you that before that I it's been about a month or mm -hmm. two that I'm doing this 10 minute uh, segment in a mm -hmm. TV show in Spanish and I cannot watch myself because I'm embarrassed mm -hmm. that oh my God, I said this or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you you did at some point had that. How did you get over that aside from thinking that no one's watching? Well, okay. Um, so you, once you, well, camera is different, right? Camera is different than behind a mic because nobody's watching you. But um, one of the things that you're going to learn is how to sit. Okay. And then when you're, when you, when you get that down, there's also how you talk because you need to talk through your diaphragm there you go. versus from talking from your throat. So you have to get comfortable with that position. And that's the best advice I can give you is to sit up really straight in a good chair or something like this and get a book and read out loud. Well, okay. Read out loud because that's one of the best advice that pieces of advice that I ever received early on was, you know, read a book out loud like you're reading to somebody telling them the story as it was meant to be read. And it really helps. Okay. It really helps because it helps with your enunciation. It helps with your, your way of thinking as you're reading and how you're, you're flowing. It's a, it's a flow. And then your mannerisms because you're behind the camera. If you're fidgety, the camera is going to pick it all up and it's going to look awkward. So that's what you have to work on versus what's coming out of your mouth. Once you get that down, then you're comfortable enough to just focus on you talking because right now you're like everywhere. Yeah. How about the mental aspect though? Because I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are perfect the way they talk, the way they, they move their hands and everything, but they still think that they're not good enough. Have you ever had that? Well, sure. But again, it, it it goes back to what I was telling you, it's trust. You gotta trust yourself, you have to have that confidence. So when I get on stage, I have to leave, you know, Monica, as I know Monica, I have to leave her downstairs. When I get on stage, I have to be Monica, what's up? You know what I mean? And you just throw yourself, you dive into that feeling, you dive into that personality, you dive in, and you feed off the energy of your crowd or your audience or whatever. Or if it's your guests, you just give them your 100%. And don't try to get ahead of the game, go with the flow, because you're talking to me right now and you're probably like, what am I gonna ask for uh, next? For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's more conversational. You gotta kind of let everything else melt to the side. And, and, and so for me, all right, so <clears throat> people ask me all the time, well, you're so comfortable interviewing people. Bueno, first of all, they're just people. Okay, they may be superstars, but they're just people. And here's the thing, 
before I became Monica or before I got into radio, I've always had that idea of just because you're rich or you're famous makes you better than me? Absolutely not. Because in this world, nobody is better than anybody else. That's just a blanket statement that I grew up with, instilled by my family. Nobody is better than anybody else. You can choose to be a crappier person, but everybody, todos somos iguales. We all have, you know, goodness. We're all made of the same thing. We're all struggling, you know? So it starts there. So when I meet somebody, I'm not overtaken by their celebrity or anything like that. I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, and when you treat them like that, they want that. You know what I mean? They don't want the fans and the fawning. I mean, they do want that, but not like, you know. And uh, and you treat them with respect and you just give them their, their moment. And then, and then when you're interviewing, then you can jump into that whole like fanfare or whatever. But mostly it's just giving them their space and, and re seeing them for who they are as a person, you know. And, and I think that that really will help you in the future. You know, nice, interesting. As I was telling you, this span the the TV show I'm doing is in Spanish, and that's what I found out that I my my native uh, language is Spanish, right? So I was thinking, oh, okay, well now that it's in Spanish, I'm going to be more fluent, so it's going to be better. But no, that's when I found out that I can't speak English or Spanish properly. So I was like, oh my god, <laughs> but that's a different story, by the way. Going back to to your opinion, this is something like uh, meaning like your opinion that you give on the radio. <coughs> how can you, or do you, or how how is it that you're able to? Because I'm sure with everything going on, like at uh, political times or maybe COVID, anything mm -hmm. else, maybe you have like very specific way of, of like your opinion on, on how certain things are managed. How do you deal with knowing like what to say, how to say it? Do you keep some things for yourself, of course, but do you also express your opinion? Um, do you have to? And that's going back to kind of like my question on on like not, maybe not pressure is not the right word, mm -hmm. but knowing that maybe I'm against the mayor and like mm -hmm. the things going on in El Paso. But, do I really want to voice that to my mm -hmm. audience, right? So I don't try to be political. I don't try to, I mean, yes, I do express myself, and uh, but I don't, I mean, everybody has an opinion. I might not agree with it. You might not agree with mine. But I don't, I guess I don't try to use my platform to push agendas. My platform is all about helping the community, how to be better for yourself and for those around you. And there's already so much ugliness in the world. No, I'm not gonna use my platform to, you know, put somebody down or to complain because I very much can, right? I can, yeah. you know, I go to a, an establishment and it's just the worst. And you, do you know how many times I'm like, <gasps> it's on Facebook already, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't wanna do that because I want to get out of the men, me, that mentality. So, Eli, I'm trying to like live a life, and you know, it's it's always a work in progress. You know, like they say, oh, you know, how are you? You're so happy all the time. Well, happiness is you've got to stay there. You've got to always, you know, work to be happy. It it doesn't naturally happen. You know, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, oh God, you know, but you have to change your perspective. That's the only thing that gets me through is changing my perspective. So somebody cuts me off on the roadway and I'm like, God bless you because God forbid you're going to a hospital. I don't know what's going on with that person's life, especially right now when, you know, everybody's kind of cray cray. I don't know if you've noticed that, like I have, after sure. COVID, 
we're also kind of still socially awkward, I think. So people don't know how to interact. I don't know. It's it's really mercurial. It's just odd. So I'm very cautious when I'm out driving. Somebody's going to cut me off. I'm like, all right, dude, go for it, you know, uh, at the store. I was at the store, what, two days ago, and legit somebody, like, bumped me with their cart. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, oh, excuse me, even though you're you're bumping into me. They didn't even acknowledge me. They didn't even apologize. I mean, I could have made a big stink, but I didn't because I'm like, obviously, they're going through something, you know? Yeah. So you have to, you cannot rely on other people and how they're going to react. So you have to, for me anyways, I have to take it upon myself to be alert cognizant of other people's energy and kind of play off of that. Wow. But I'm just, I'm that person, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm really just naturally that person. You are. Your perspective, yeah. your empathy, mm -hmm. it's on point, by the way. Thank you. I can tell that whatever problem you have, of course it affects you at, at that time, but then you focus on what matters in life and you're like, I'll be okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, as I was, I have deep conversations with my daughter and with mm -hmm. maybe some friends when we're drinking or whatever and like you know what I am a very happy person mm -hmm. and when I think about why of course I'm stressed about work about finance like the my hair salon the business like everything right but when I think about why is it that that I'm happy it's not because I smile 24 7 <laughs> it's because there's very few to none things that make me unhappy right you know what I'm, that, that's it that, that alone like again you can hit me right now and it hurts but then just like you said like but once perspective show empathy that because you don't know what's going on you got it, and, and, and going back to, I think you already have the definition of success defined and you live by that. I don't know, amigo. <laughs> I mean, if you know. If you're happy, it sounds like I, you got it. I am, you know, and I, I, the thing is, is people say success, so success is very subjective. What's your meaning of success, you know? Uh, I am very happy and I have nothing to complain about. There are things that happen in life and they're gonna continue to happen, but look, I've got a home, I've got a roof over my head. I've got food. Uh, I've got a job. I've got friends. I've got family. I've got my health. What else? What else? Riches? But there's nothing out there that I'm not going to do with time if it's money-wise. You know, it's, oh, I want to take a, a month trip to Europe. Well, all right. Let's save up. Let's do it. Si lo quieres hacer, you're going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so it, to me, it's a privilege to be walking this earth. That's how I see my life. Yeah. It's an absolute privilege. So I know that there's magic inside me. I know that there's energy inside of me. And I want to use my powers for good and not evil, you know? Wow. I just tell you around the Monica. Oh, oh my God. This is so <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, th this is somehow, some way, it has become like a recurring question. And mm -hmm. I think we talked a little bit about mm -hmm. it. But what is your personal definition of success? Okay. So I actually have a motto. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, I love cartoons. I'm a big cartoon girl. Okay. And uh, back in the day, they used to have the, the Animaniacs with Pinky and the Brain. You familiar? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the whole thing, if you haven't seen the cartoon, uh, one mouse or, you know, ask the other, what are we doing tonight? And the same answer would always be the same thing we do every night, try to take over the world. And um, 
there's that. So my motto is, what are we going to do today? Or we're going to try and take over the world. But it's not in a sinister way. Like, I'm not coming at you with, like, laser beams or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my perspective on this and my take on trying to take over the world is to have a connection with somebody every part of the world. That's my goal. Okay? So, like, I know people in Australia that I can call and be like, yo, I'm here. You know what I mean? I know people in Spain. Yo, I'm here. Let's do something, you know? Uh, Canada. Hawaii. You know what I mean? Uh, people in the industry that, uh, hey, you know what? You're doing something amazing. I know this dude back over there, and I'm going to connect you, and so and so. And that's my motto. I'm going to try and take over the world. But it's not, like, sinister. It's just really having a worldwide connection. By helping others. By helping others. And it's not, and it's not like, oh, he's my friend on Facebook. No. It's cultivating that relationship, you know, and having that connection. That's, that's what I want. So when I die, I want people from all over and be like, oh, who's this person? Who's this person? You know? And be like, oh, well, Monica, you know, she, she helped me out this way. And like, people would be like, what? How does that even happen? You know? But because, you know, they knew me, we hung out, and we've been friends forever, even though we don't live in the same country. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then there was another one too where um, every year, so every year for New Year's, you know, everybody's got like their family traditions. Like, you know, you take the broom, you wear your red underwear, whatever, you know, everybody does their thing. Um, one of the things for me for many years has been to choose a, a word, one word. It, so it would be a theme that, you know, can be everything. Everybody's like, oh, I'm gonna quit eating bread or I'm gonna exercise more. Never happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was more like, let's choose a word. And you know, I, I usually spend a few weeks before the end of the year and just kind of like chewing up and mulling over, what is it that, that, I'm, that I feel like I need? And I'm, I kind of put it out in the universe and then I'll just start feeling it. So this year actually uh, was my year of upgrade. Your year of upgrade. So that was my word. It was upgrade. Okay. Or is upgrade because the year is not done. And it's upgrading. It's upgrading, you know, how I manage my time. Upgrading maybe my, you know, physical fitness journey. Uh, upgrading my career. Upgrading my relationships. It's like taking it to another level. Let's let's turn it up to 11. Let's, okay, we've been here for a little bit. Let's bring it up a little bit. You know, I've had years where it's uh, about patience. You know, I've, I've, sometimes I run out of patience and I'm just like, I gotta go, bye, you know? Shut it down before I say something that I'm gonna regret, <laughs> right? Uh, so I choose these theme words that, that will follow me throughout the year. So this year it's been a lot of upgrade. And I love it because it's opened up so many opportunities. And I really do believe that words have power. And it, it begins with ourselves. It begins on how you talk to yourself. So let's say, for example, if you're sitting there editing a video and you're like, ah, dummy or stupid or you know like we talk to ourselves like that absolutely not that is not that is not something that's acceptable in my playbook I have to be like oh look at you you're so silly stop it you know <laughs> because it will put you in a bad mood it just will y luego te trabas and forget about it you know so you it's a it's how you have to nurture you you have to it's not just about loving yourself and putting on the lotion at night and going to go exercise it's about how you talk to yourself because the only real relationship that you have with somebody 24/7 is with yourself dude and if you don't take care of you plus nobody else is going to do it 
You said that earlier on you had this type of positive personality outgoing, but was there a moment, was there a time that, of course, with experience, we, we gather new things and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and kind of mold our, our life, but is there was, was there a moment, was there anything particular that you remember that triggered this mindset to, to be even stronger than what it is now? So, I mean, I attribute everything that I am to my mother. She, she's a single mother. You know, we grew up without a father figure, never lacking in anything. My mom it was, she's my superhero, you know. She, I'm a first generation American, and my mom actually put herself through college while we were still babies. I don't know how, but she did. And she worked, like I said, she worked really late hours at RCA and she did her best. And I think about it and I'm like, if my mom could do it by herself, con dos mocosos, what? Yeah. Like what's stopping me, you know? And that's really my driving force has been my mom, 100%, absolutely. It's her, it's watching her, how she got through life and all the obstacles and the struggles that she went through. And she still had to put up with us because I know I wasn't an easy child. I was a very, and still I was, <laughs> you know, everywhere. <laughs> I was just, that was trouble. But uh, I was a handful and I know that. And, I, and I've apologized to my mom, I'm like, sorry, you know, but I still am the same way and she knows and she just, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot, but I, I, I attribute everything that I've done in my life to the strength that my mom bestowed upon me. I mean, that's honestly what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I say this all the time, and for the people that do watch my two tias, I watch this consistently. Um, they will know that one thing that I always preach is that the biggest lottery that we can win as as human beings is our parents, right? Our circumstance of of who we have, and a lot of times, unfortunately, there's people, there's there's guys, girls that don't have such uh, again role model mm -hmm. to follow. Any advice for those people that maybe don't have that, but they know that the right thing is to have perspective, to to talk to yourself a certain way? Is there anything, anything that you want to say to those people? I would just say again, but going back, and I know that I'm, I'm harping on it, but trust yourself. It, it's very key because if you rely on other people for your success, it's it's fleeting. It's not real. The only person that you can trust in the beginning is going to be yourself. Y luego lo que viene, like whatever comes after that is going to be great. But if you don't believe in yourself, if you even if you don't have somebody else believing in you, you just need that little spark to say, I know I can do it. And if you can do it, if you if you can think it in your head, oh, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. I mean, I... I've sat in bed, oh, how am I gonna do this? I don't know. People are gonna think I'm crazy. Whatever. And then I'll start having conversations with people. What do you think about this? Well, maybe not so much. And I'm like, all right. And you just have to take it with a grain of sand. Because even if they don't see your vision, because they don't know everything that you know, they don't know the people that you're gonna connect with. You have maybe, you know, another idea that's going to evolve in the future, but you're not even letting it grow. So you're never going to see that. You've got to give yourself the opportunity to dream it. You have to give yourself the opportunity to pursue it. You know, I've sat here and uh, for years, okay, for three, four years, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do a podcast. I, I haven't done a podcast. 
You know why? Why? Because I don't want to spend 15 hours editing <laughs> video. I'm kidding. I'm sure you can I, get someone uh, to do it for you, by the way. I'm sure, <laughs> right? But that's not the point. And and also, I don't. I'm not that person. I don't. I don't like to hand off stuff if I can do it myself. And especially when it becomes your brand, and you have to put your 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 touch behind it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll leave that to when maybe you know in the future later you know if I, i've got too many too many pots in the fire okay but but in the beginning you want you you're the one that wants to do it but you have to believe in yourself yeah it's okay if others don't believe you by the way and if you do and you take that leap and you become successful guess who's gonna follow all the people that were like eh, you know <laughs> Así pasa. that's how it happens all the time you know that is so true and, and it, you're absolutely right and it's going back to still have the perspective that even if like for example if I fail at anything like let's say my business during COVID or anything that I start doing always the perspective of what's the worst case scenario mm -hmm. and if the worst case scenario is not I'm gonna die eh, that's okay exactly to be honest with you, that's kind of like my only thing that if it's not I'm gonna die uh, go for yeah. it right like yeah. what's the worst thing I lose my house and then See. I go live with my mom. I'm okay with that, you know, because the perspective right. is of, of again, of, of what I want. Yeah. I have, uh, we'll talk about your goals in a second. I have a clear mind of what I want to do and how to do it. And to be honest with you, the opinion of most people don't matter. Mm -hmm. It just matters the people that are like l really living their life to their mm -hmm. full potential, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like where going back to perspective, you need to understand of what matters, who matters, why it matters and then everything else falls yeah. so easy. The thing is, the hard part is going to kind of like uh, doing the first thing first, which is kind of taking that leap of doing whatever you want to do or, or taking that chance, which is kind of like really hard for a lot of us. It is, but you know what's interesting? I really noticed that over during COVID-19, during the pandemic and the lockdown, I think which is terrible. It was, and it, it still is heartbreaking because a lot of families, mm -hmm. they haven't been able to, you know, catch up. But a lot of people took the opportunity of sadly being laid off or, you know, letting go. They took that opportunity to start their business. I was thinking about doing it, now I'm doing it. That kind of thing. So there's been a lot of success stories, which I think is you know, the high end of the spectrum of taking a bad uh, situation and turning it into an opportunity. On that same scale, you have the people that had a bad opportunity that just fell further down the rabbit hole, you know, and it exasperated whether there were mental issues or, or uh, you know, d domestic abuse. It just made it worse for them. So you do have two different extremes that the pandemic, and that's how it resulted, but but yes, I do think that uh, sometimes the universe shoves people in that direction, and that's the only way they're going to do it. You know, that's the only way that they're going to take that first step. And it really is just taking that first step, because believe you me, that most of the time you have it in your mind and you take that first step and then it changes because you're actively opening up opportunities. Once you take that step in motion, you are rippling things in the universe. You're just making things happen, whether you know it or not. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I had, I don't know if you know this comedian, Sam Butler. He's the uh, big, uh, in, in the, the, 
the thing about Sam is that he uh, his native language is English. Mm -hmm. His mom was born in Mexico, so he's able to speak Spanish. So he made that transition English comedy to Spanish comedy. And the, when I had him on, he said, you know what, the reason why I said yes to, to, to your podcast, well, one of the reasons, right, is that you, when um, you start something, you don't know what's going to happen exactly. after, right? And I want to be part of that. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. So when Caleb offered me that TV show, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I, I remember Sam. And just like you said, like, things will open up when you do it, yeah. right? And if it doesn't, what's the worst case scenario? See, si. Nada. Si. Pasa nada, right? Exactly. When I got going back to... Upgrade, right? Which mm -hmm. is like kind of like um, the the theme. I don't know how to call it. Of, it is. Of the it's year. my theme it, of the it's, year. It's your theme. Mm -hmm. How are you able to make sure that you don't forget about it? That you, that it's still constant in your mind. <clears throat> that you still do it because it can be the same as losing weight. It can be yeah, mm -hmm. upgrade. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, how is it that you're able to make sure that it keeps going? <clears throat> so the way I think about it is, um, you know how people have safe words. <laughs> okay, I Which will not like, for what? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but there's safe words, mm -hmm. right? So th it becomes my safe word for me, my personal safe word. So, por ejemplo, um, you know, we've had rain mm -hmm. all week long, and I love, love, love the rain, minus the houses and the, the streets flooding and all that stuff. But normally, just bring on the rain. Uh, so I had my car in the shop. I didn't have my car for like four days. And so I was using my aunt's car. My aunt doesn't drive anymore. And, it, and it's a, it's an old Buick. It's like a 2006 or something. And uh, <laughs> I got out of work and it was pouring. It was just pouring. It was like a deluge. And I was super hungry. I hadn't eaten all day. And I was like, ooh, I want clam chowder por antojada. You know what I mean? And so I was like, you know, Pelicans. Pelicans has the best clam chowder because they make it from scratch, just saying. And so I called my order. I'm like, I'll be right there, you know? And so I start driving and the car starts to fog up and I try to turn the knob. And when I turned the knob, the knob fell out. <laughs> so I couldn't turn the knob. I'm like, all right. So I was gonna open the window, even though it was raining, but to let a little bit, you know, circulation going. And the window wouldn't turn, it wouldn't come down. And so now it's like extremely foggy. I'm on Mason, I'm like, whoa this is not good, I need to pull over. And so I pulled over and I'm like, what do I do? I can't drive like this because it was nighttime, it's all fogged up, like there's no way. So I'm trying to like turn the car on, turn it off, long story short, I end up banging the doors several times and the, um, the window finally came down. I went to pick up my soup and I get back in the car and now the window won't close. <gasps> so now all the rain's coming down, I'm like, fine <laughs> so i'm driving back down to my house and um i had to get some money out of the atm i just had to get some money out because my my brother was going to go up to the mountains like hey don't forget to give me he had to lend me some money and so uh i go to the atm and i put the atm card in uh, my card and uh, it takes it and it swallows it and it doesn't give it back what? because the rain it was coming down so hard that it was like shorting out the machine so <laughs> it keeps my card and i'm like what do i do like i can't leave because it's like enter code and so eventually it was going to spit it out right so i'm at the end of this with the window open all the rain coming <laughs> and i'm like trying to call wells fargo 1-800 i'm like hello <laughs> finally the card comes back because it's it times itself out it's like 15 minutes later and i'm driving home with the window down and i'm all soaked and I get to the house and I slam the door again and again. Finally, it goes up. So thank goodness. And I 
I, yes, I was wet. Yes, I was tired. Yes, I was hungry. <laughs> but all I could do was laugh because well, my, my friend told me this and, and she was right. What if that whole time that you spent dealing with the door, stuck at the ATM, it was raining really hard? And what if the forces out there were preventing you from being on the road because maybe something could have happened? I was driving a car that I'm not used to driving, you know? And uh, maybe all of that time interference was meant to be because it was preventing me from being out on the roadway. And you have to appreciate that. You have to appreciate the irony of God being like, you know what, I'm just gonna ruin your day just for a little bit, but it could be worse, so just deal with it. I'm like, all right, you know? And uh, and I had to be like, upgrade, upgrade, Monica, that's your safe word, and it always goes back to my safe word, and I have to, you know, consciously be like, what's my, what's my safe word? Uh, upgrade, upgrade. Okay, upgrade. So upgrade at the end of the day became, well, I am upgrading my car because I'm getting it serviced. So that's good. And I have to be grateful and blessed that I'm still alive in one piece. And I got home and I still have my soup that I can, you know, heat up in the microwave and call it good. Nada pasó. Like, so you got soaked. And what? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a blessing. It's God tell, you know, giving me all these uh, raindrops on top of my head. And it's like, you know, so uh, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> that's, and but, and but, that's what helps you keep. But yes, but let me tell you, Eli, my life is full of adventures. And these are just kind of like the things that happen to me all the time. I fall all the time <laughs> and I break bones all the time. Not really? even kidding. It's, 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 um, it's quite a life. <laughs> so I've, since I've always been this way, I've always been clumsy. I've always fallen. I've always like, Siempre me pasa like the like a chandelier fell on my head. Like uncommon things happen to me, but I feel that it's just because my energy is so much that things are se atraen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's just because you know they want to be near me. Wow. So it's not better. It's it's so, <laughs> everything. I, I mean, such great perspective. Going back, that's what it is. The mm -hmm. way you see things, instead of you can put yourself. Oh, I mean, siempre me pasan cosas malas. It's mm -hmm. me. I'm bad luck. Wait a second. Calm right. down. It's not that. It's all everything, including the good. It's just the stories that we tell each yes. other. Yes. Right. Yes. At least choose to tell a positive story that's gonna help you. Right. Instead of obviously right. impacting in a negative way. Yeah. Now, I can definitely see, and whoever's watching here can see why El Paso loves you. Aww. But at any point, have you dealt with any type of hate? Uh, oh, gosh, yes. Tell us I, about that. I know how you dealt with it based <laughs> on your perspective, but at first, was it difficult? Uh, is there a specific example that you remember? So, um, yes, I've had hate mail before. Hate mail, okay. Um, I, and you know, speaking, going back to talking to, on the radio and, and what I choose to talk about or how I choose to talk about things. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'm on the radio, so it's entertainment. Um, we don't need to be talking about hardcore politics. We don't need to be talking about abortions. We don't need to, like, no. But there were some very serious situations happening during the pandemic, uh, obviously, and, and um, politically. And there was there were certain things like, go out and vote. Absolutely. I will get on the radio and tell you to go out vote. What, whoever you want to vote for. I don't care. Just go vote. You know, that's important to me. Um, so you choose and you pick. But last year or two years ago, um, with the, the political scene, 
you know, even telling people to go vote, I would get hate mail from certain constituents out there who were just vile, vile. Okay. You know, Um, things like, I hope you get raped. What? I hope you, um, you know, get violently raped and killed and somebody pulls out your everything. I just very graphic and very disturbing. But, you know, on the other spectrum, on the other end, I've had stalkers, you know, I've had people follow me, I've had people send mail to me. I've and 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 this has been going on for years, you know. And and so there, you know, there's protocol, you you notify authorities and police and but have I felt safe? I overall, yes, you know, I people I live in I live by downtown and <laughs> there is a lot of homeless and I I talk to everybody. <laughs> I just I do. I I met the light and you know, there's somebody with the sign I'm like, "How are you? What's your name?" you know? Because I feel like those people obviously there's something wrong, you know, whatever their their situation is and they need help. But they're also human beings. Again, it all goes back to we're all, you know, the same made out of the same thing, whether they're there or not, you know, they have a name they I'm sure feel invisible because nobody talks to them or nobody sees them as human or they see them as subhuman porque están, you know, dirty or they're drunk or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not here to judge you, dude. You do with what you can, you know? I'm trying to get through my life too. Not, my life isn't easy. I mean, I've got, you know, personal problems. Everybody's got their ordeals, but nadie les importa. No. You know what I mean? Like everybody... You've got problems that I don't want to deal with, and I've got problems that you don't want to deal with. You know what I mean? And you're the only one that can work your situation out, and I'm the only one that can work my situation out. Now, I'm not here to judge you. I'm just be like, what's your name? How are you? You all right? God loves you, because he does, you know? It is what it is, dude. So when you get hate, um, does it help you think that, you know what, it's not me, it's them, Mm -hmm. of course, projecting themselves to... That oh, yeah. negative comment, what whatever oh, yeah. it might be. I mean, is it shocking? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But do I take it to heart? No. Nah. Whatever. I have to, it's so funny because I always say this when uh, you're on Facebook. I don't know if you also have the, the type of friends that always post about, oh, people hate on me or the haters. My take on it, my personal take mm-hmm. is that hate doesn't exist. That you choose to think that way. Now, yeah. it doesn't mean that that doesn't exist, but if by me choosing that it doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. then there's nothing wrong that can happen to me because I'm thinking it doesn't exist. So yes, but I think there's a caveat with that because um, I very much am that school of thought. I'm very much, if if I don't live it or breathe it, nada pasa, right? But you also can't turn physically a blind eye to it when it is happening. Right? You can't turn a blind eye to bullying. You can't turn a blind eye to hate crimes. You've got to be really aware of what's happening and you have to speak up again. Words have power. And you should you should be speaking up for anybody out there who's being, you know, made less than or, or abused or anything like that. But having that said, yes, I don't walk into a um, store thinking that I'm gonna be discriminated against because I'm a woman. I don't that I don't live there. I don't live there. 
people have asked me throughout my career, you know, have you ever felt discriminated? Um, maybe, sure. But have I chosen to spotlight it? No. Actually, I'll be like, excuse me. And I'll get in front of the light. <laughs> because that's just the way I am. You know, it, radio is, a, is very much a boys club. It really is. But, you know, I'm a tomboy, kind of, sort of. That's how I grew up with my brother and, you know. Uh, so I'm not, a, I'm not a girly girl, per se. I'm not asquerosa. I'm very much, you know, in the trenches of everything. But um, I don't walk into, a, even knowing, even knowing, like I'll walk into a room full of men, mm -hmm. corporate, whatever, and do I feel less than from them? No. No. Actually, it should be their privilege to have me as a female Mexicana up in your room. That's how I see it. I see it the other way around. So again, it's your perspective. Now, if you walk in with that chip on your shoulder, well then, you know, you're, you're looking for it. You're really looking for it. But don't turn a blind eye to it and, you know, speak up for yourself. Make sure you're seen and you're heard. But there's no need to, to walk in, you know, with guns blazing because you're already like, oh, I'm a girl and I'm Mexican and you know, you're gonna have issues with me. I agree 100%. Yeah. And maybe hate wasn't the word and definitely if there's um, physical, um, of, of course, uh, anything going on as far as hate, but what I meant more is like uh, envidia, no? That me tiene envidia. Ay, amigo. Like there's no such thing as that. I always think that, bro, you're not that good. No one's that good to someone else have envidia. Maybe do I want that car? Maybe, but like, you know, well, the again, way I see yeah. it is, is and, and when I think about it, is there anything that it's gonna hurt me by thinking that there is no such thing as someone being envious? No, I mean, I mean, unless there's physical uh, abuse, there's mm -hmm. there's something going on. But if it's just mentally, right. the story that I choose to tell myself, bro, you're not that good in this world. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. Mm -hmm. Like, don't think yourself better than someone else because when you think that someone else is envious of you, automatically you're thinking that you're better than that person yes. at that one thing, whatever yes. it might be. So that's what I try to preach. Um, at least my daughter, that's the only one that listens to me. <laughs> but the way I live, and that's why my haters, again, the, the, the people that talk behind your back, the yeah. people that are envious about what you have. Bro, if you think that way, you lost already. See, That's my so, take on that. You know, I, I yes, yes, I, I do deal with people like that. But for me, mm -hmm. what I do is I try to be befriend them because I feel like, Pero por qué me tienes envidia? You don't even know. So I try to reach out to that person. Um, to, I try to be friendly. I try to, you know, talk to them and to see, you know, where it's coming from because usually it's just projection, yeah. right? It's, it's their insecurity coming through. And so what I do is I try to help them shine. What is your, what is your key thing that's, you know, super powerful? What's your superpower kind of thing? Let's cultivate that. Let's make that grow. You know what I mean? Let's put the focus on you. Why are you looking at me? You don't know my story. Nobody knows anybody's story, really, you know? I'm doing what I'm doing because this is the best way I can live my life. And I try to do it without hurting anybody. And if I can help you come up along the way, pues vámonos, you know what I mean? Porque I grew up a very humble life, you know? And I still live a very humble life, you know? I, I, I'm not very materialistic. I love to travel, that's my thing, you know? Food and travel, hello. And uh, <laughs> I, I'd rather spend my money on a great trip versus, you know, buying a car, that kind of thing, you know? Um, 
but I really do think that people are just too busy, you know, getting involved in other people's lives when you don't even know half the story. Focus on you. Let's do you, you know? Yeah. And it is true what they say that no one successful will ever be a hater or will be negative on someone because number one, they're busy. Hit, nobody's got time, dude. <laughs> and, and B, if I really wanna help you out, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna reach out separately saying, hey, this is what I think, mm -hmm. but I'm never gonna say it in a way that's gonna make you feel bad mm -hmm. or again, hating or or any, any type of negative connotation to that. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is that successful people, whatever uh, whatever you find as, as success, define as success, the truth is that you're busy worrying about yourself. Right. So again, um, let me ask you this, because again, this mindset, it's, it's very strong, it, it's solid. How important is the people that you hang around with? Oh, extremely important. Uh, you know, I've been, again, blessed that I actually have pretty much the same group of friends that I've had since I got to El Paso. And uh, it's the same circle. And I think that that's what's helped me stay grounded, my family especially, because they don't care that I'm on the radio. They don't care about who I've interviewed or met or done or went to go see. Uh, it's still like hey, don't forget the chips for whatever or dinners at this time or, you know what I mean? It's still, I'm still the baby of the family, you know, and I'm still getting treated the same way. And even even when at my highest and my successes, my family and my friends are still like, hi, hi. <laughs> you know what, they, they bring it back down like, hey, don't forget who you are kind of thing. And and I love that because it does keep me in check. And here's the other thing that I need to say about, you know, people who are out there and having, you know, aspirations of, uh, you know, becoming a celebrity or, or anything like that or being on the radio or whatever the case may be. Having that trust and cultivating that confidence for yourself and building an avatar or an alias for yourself is very very helpful because again remember i was talking about leaving monica downstairs while i get on stage and do my thing it's 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 good to have two different personalities so that you can coexist and you don't have to carry it with you so that when you're on stage you're this person and that's your personification but when you get off the stage and you go home you're not taking that with you or vice versa it's very important to have that 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 separation so if you want to create yourself an alias, and you don't have to share it with the world, it just lives in your head. So that, you know, when you're going to be Eli doing your podcast, you're going to be like Eli El Chingon del podcast. <laughs> and you have to, you know, you laugh, you laugh, okay? But it's very serious and you have to be serious because you know what? What you're doing is real and you are trying to set a meta, you're, you're setting up yourself a goal, right? You're, you're going to do so many episodes. Right. So when you are Eli El Chingon del podcast, then you better be that person because there's no there's no half assing it, bro. You know what I mean? You got to do it. Now, El Vergonzoso, the, the, the shy guy, you know, when you go home, you're like, did I mess up? I said the wrong thing or whatever. Well, that's the guy that's going to go home and, and worry about that. But while you're doing this, you're going to be, you know, Eli El Chingon doing the podcast. And that's where the confidence comes in. That's where you you have to be like, dude, you're gonna have to sit here for a moment. Shh, I'll get back to you. You know what I mean? And then be that guy and have that confidence. 
Wow. I heard this before and it's very interesting because I agree if that's a tool that you can use to help you out, but then how do you balance like knowing, okay, I'm Monica radio, I'm Monica at home. Do you go back and forth when I you're do. And, and how do you deal with that? My take on it, which I totally respect and you're absolutely right, like that's a tool that you have, but isn't it better if I'm able to get the shy light, just to put myself here, to El Chingoni light and that's me 100%? Yes, but it, it that's where you can't separate it. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have uh, Eli, the regular guy at home, and uh, you have a quarrel with your neighbor, okay? And something happened and it's just like under your skin and you're just like, I can't shed it, I can't shed it. And you come into your podcast and you're just filled with that anger and that tension and it's gonna come, it's gonna come across if you don't step into that person. It's like stepping into a costume. It's not the same clothes that you're gonna wear when you go to bed, you know? It's a different person. You have to separate it because you're, you're never gonna be able to balance it. You're never gonna know who's the real guy and who's not the real guy. And you have to trust yourself. So when you sit yourself out, you have that ability and that opportunity to run free because Eli, the regular guy, might not not do that on a regular basis, but he does it when he's being the chingon on the podcast. I see what you mean. When did you develop or, <coughs> or when exactly did you develop this in your own career? Was it since day one that someone told you, you know what, you need to be able to separate yourself? Was it within years of experience? How was your own experience getting this uh, personality? No, you know what? Um, so that's an interesting question. Nobody's asked me that. But uh, here's the thing. When I was growing up in L.A., you know, I, uh, I was listening to, like, Casey Kasem, right? It's, like, one of the originals, the OGs. But when I used to listen to his show, it was like theater of the mind, Right, because he said he would set up stories, and then followed by the song, and maybe a clip by the the artist, and so he was like building these stories, and I was just like I was so captivated, and I wanted to know more, you know. So when I started my career, I was like, I want to be like Casey Kasem, like you know that storytelling, that genuine, how to reach out to the community kind of thing, and. I took kind of the idea of what he was doing and I, I I made it fit me and my personality. So the question is, how did I come up with that? I think it was because nobody taught me. I mean, I had my mentors in radio as far as like the technical aspect and how to do this and how to do that and how this works and this and that and the other. But as far as like my actual career and, and, and the trajectory that it took, it was all me. The decisions that I was making, the positions that I was not taking, the positions that I did take, you know, living in Portland, coming back, that kind of thing. The opportunities that I missed doing that. Um, it's all taken a toll because, you know, I could sit here and be like, gosh, what if I had never moved to Portland? Or what if I had never come back from Portland? You could get stuck there forever, yeah. but you can't. Because again, everything that I've done has opened a door for something else, and there's a ripple effect. And, and 17 years ago when I moved to El Paso, that ripple effect is still happening now. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's gonna continue to happen as long as I keep out there pushing in and opening the doors and the windows and going through them. And it's it's an adventure, dude, and that's, that's what I love, and I feed off of that, like, where next? You know what I mean? What can we do today? You know? And um, 
so no, nobody taught me and I just kind of did it for myself. Again, what's the standard, Monica? What is it that you wanna see? So when I post on Instagram, when I post on Facebook, I don't post every day, dude. I'm not that person. One, I'm way too busy for that. Two, I'm not just gonna put tonterias just to put them on. And three, I'm using my platform to elevate others and elevate my brand. Ultimately, that's what's happening. So no, I'm not posting pictures of my family. I'm not posting pictures of my niece because that's private. That's that's something that's for me. That's something that I get to enjoy that I don't want to share necessarily with everybody. Now, if I'm out and about with my niece and my family and you run into me, fantastic, I'll introduce you. But it's not something that I choose to do. Porque yo quiero, I just want a little bit, you know, I don't want to. And besides, dude, you know, I don't want to share her because she doesn't have a choice. She's too small no. to to decide. You know what I mean? Um, privacy is very important to me. I don't, I'm very open. I'm very, and everybody knows a lot about me, but I do appreciate my alone time. If I don't have to see people for a good while, I'm good. I don't have to talk to anybody. You know, my friends are very understanding. I'll be like, you guys, I'll call you when I'm ready. I, I, oh, yes. okay. no, 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 it makes perfect sense. But you know, they'll check on me and they'll be like, hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm good, babe. I'm really busy. Like, I can't even right now. I will call you back when I get a chance. And they totally get it. It might be three, four days. And they and it's and, and that's the thing. Like, it's never awkward. Like, I can go a month and be like, hey, so last time we talked, it was this. Where are we at? You know what I mean? Like, just it's super natural. I don't have. And that's the thing. If you have to work for your relationships, maybe you should think about them again. Because for me, dude, my friends, my family make my life so much easier because they understand my life. You know, they understand that I'm literally doing seven things in one day plus work, you know? And and I'm, I, sometimes I, I go between gigs, hair, makeup, two, three times a day. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Who does that? You know, I do, but that's my life. And and I do it with a smile and I'm always going to be positive because who else does those kind of things? I mean, I could get up and go to work and sit behind a desk for eight hours a day and uh, how lame. Yeah, that's just not you. No. Have you ever dealt with people that maybe don't share the, the same way of thinking? Anything that you maybe had to cut off, maybe friends, family. And if you did, how did you do it? So, um, you know, what's, what's really interesting <laughs> is um, pre, uh, pre-COVID, right? Everybody's always calling, blah, 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 blah. Then you got into COVID. Guess what? All the concerts, all the events were canceled. Mm-hmm. Monica's phone was really quiet. <sighs> Qué interesante. <laughs> you know, and, and it, it just goes to show you, right? People only want or reach out when they need to. And that's fine. You know what? That's fine. Uh, but I know who you are. Nice. Yeah. Now you can look at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. Okay. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it's one of those, like, I know who my friends are, I know. And usually it's one of those, like, people think I, I've got a closet full of concert tickets. I do, but I don't. Um, and it doesn't work that way, you know? And, and everybody will call you. And it's funny because now that event started coming back up, the phone call started again, Wow! you know? And so that's how you know, right? That's how you know that it's only by interest 
And that's not to say that my best friends or my people, my people, my people know who my people are, right? They'll be like, yo, dude, so-and-so is coming. You better hook it up. And I'll be like, I got you. I got you. You know what I mean? It's otra cosa, yeah. you know? But I got to say, uh, all my, my, my nucleus, they never ask me for anything ever. And they know that they can ask me. But they don't ask me for anything. Yeah, they yeah. just don't. I get you 100%. I can relate because now that I have a business, when I first open up, hey, can I get a free haircut, for example? Like, oh, I mean, sure. But then, like, if you have a business, I want to pay for it. I want to pay double yes. for it because I want to support you. Yes. You know what I mean? And then you have those type of people. But then going back to what you said, you have to also have some empathy to maybe that's not the way they are. You know, maybe that's not the full picture. Maybe, yes, maybe they expect that for free, but if you need to call them at 3 a.m. to bail you out, maybe they will. So it's kind of like a balance of, yeah. it, it's not, you You can't judge someone just by one thing, 100%. 100% of the time. Right, right. Right? Um, I, I wanted to ask you a follow-up question on your circle. What does it take to someone new to enter your circle? <laughs> just ask you. <laughs> The circle is closed. You may open it up. What if it comes with free haircuts? <laughs> I, I, no, amigo, you know what? I, I, I strongly believe about supporting local. I mean, that's really one of my my things is, you know, when I go out and I do interviews for people mm -hmm. and, and, for example, let me mm -hmm. just give you an example. So I recently came across a post of this one gal, one board chick, one board chick, check her out. She did like this huge, uh, it, they're called grazing boards, like the charcuterie boards. Oh, so okay. quesos and yeah, the Yeah, I can't the whole pronounce thing. that, but I know exactly charcuterie, what Charcuterie, yeah. like a shark charcuterie. Uh, okay. <laughs> so she did a huge one, right? I was like super impressed. I was like, dang girl, right? Because if I could eat cheese and bread all day, I would. So I, uh, I reached out to her and I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to write about you if that's okay. Because I want to, I don't want to just do it. I don't want to catch people off guard because, again, you just don't know. Yeah. You have to be very respectful around people. So I reached out to her and she was like, no, fantastic, great. So I put out the article and uh, she ended up sending me one of her cheese boxes, which just blew me away, right? I don't do it in the with the expectation of you, you know, sharing your product bonus great i loved it uh but in the end what happened was that my article got picked up by uh fitfam who shared it on their social media which in turn she only had like a couple a few hundred of followers and then she ended up getting thousands of followers afterward because of the article and because of fitfam and the whole thing you know so it was like this complete circle and that was like the perfect example of why i choose to use my platform for local businesses musicians artists so on and so forth that's that's the goal it was all for her you know how can i help her you know and then she brought me the cheese box and was like monica i've got like 200 messages on my phone for orders you know what i mean i was just like yeah you do you know that's what it's about so I don't know. It just me da gusto, you know, and and it really does bring me joy. And people ask, well, why do you do it? You know, why do you do it? What do you what do you want in, in return? I don't want anything, dude. I've got everything. I, I, it's about sharing. And again, once you share it, that person will talk to another person. That's going to open a door for somebody else. It's the ripple effect. It's the what are you going to do today? I'm going to try and take over the world. Yeah. And, and in order for that, because again, like one of the things that I wanted to give back mm -hmm. is because once you, and this is my opinion, tell me if maybe it happened exactly at that moment. Once you find yourself in a stage of life that you're like, you know what, I'm pretty comfortable, okay, you do want to share it, but you cannot think that way if you have not 
if you don't think that you're okay yourself. See, si. you yes. know what I mean? Yes, if you're not good with you, you can't give that love. You have to love you to give that love. You have to start with you. It, that's what I'm telling you. It's very important that you take care of you too. You have to set that time. You have to set those parameters. Today, I'm not gonna talk to you. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the energy. I just wanna stay home and watch cartoons and eat cereal. Like honestly, like that's all I wanna do sometimes. And then there's moments where I, I, I take too much on because I don't wanna le le you know, disappoint anybody. And that's also a no-no. How have you gotten better at that? Or is that something you still work out? <laughs> By the way, thank you for saying yes to this. Yes, <laughs> yeah, no, and you know, and that's the thing, like, it's important to you. And, and I see what you're doing, and, and it's important to me too, because I'm trying to do the same thing as far as, you know, communicate with people and reach out and, you know, hey, here we are, you know? Uh, and yeah, yeah, you know, and I wanna help everybody and I wanna dedicate my time, it's just, it's really hard when, you know, I have my regular gig and I have to do my, my give it all, do my best. And then I've got my side projects and then I've got my voice work and then I've got my, you know, endorsements that I've got to take care of. And then I've got me to take care of. And then I've got my family to take care of, you know? And so it's, it's, it's a juggling act. There are days when I, like I said, I'm doing laundry at 11 PM or, you know, I'm barely getting to bed. The other day I didn't go to bed till 4 AM, but I'm a night owl. I'm a night owl, you know, uh, so, and I run on very little sleep. I've always run on very little sleep. So that's also an advantage for How me. How many hours are we talking about? Um, I usually sleep six hours a day. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God, just like you say, you do a lot of things. How have you dealt with, with stress, with timelines? What is it that helps you? I know maybe a calendar, I know that this <laughs> was set up in a calendar, but emotionally, how do you deal with everything in and like you said you want to perform at your best yeah it's not like you just want to show up you want to make sure that you're showing the best that you can show up at whatever event or thing that you're doing so how do you deal or again it's a work in progress I'm not saying that maybe you're not perfect yeah but what are some of the things that have helped you throughout the years because you've been doing this for a very long time yes yeah, so <clears throat> I gotta say I didn't manage my time very great the first I don't know two decades <laughs> 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 because you know, let me tell you, it's a the business, the industry. I mean, come on, you're. I'm pre-COVID. I was at a concert like every day, practically. You know, uh, but it. You know, there was there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of that nightlife, and I love to drink. Love to drink. But I would say the last eight years, it's. Uh, I've had to really reassess my love affair with alcohol because while I love it, it slows me down. And if I wanted to try to take over the world, alcohol was not part of the plan. And you have to be really honest with yourself. Um, do you want to drink or do you want to work? Because you can't have both. Yep. So what I started doing then was, um, actually how it started was I had a couple of friends who had substance and alcoholic issues. And it was one of those where nobody's gonna do it for you, you gotta do it for yourself. There's nothing that I can do to make you stop abusing drugs or alcohol that's obviously ruining your life. But to show my commitment and my love for you, I'm gonna not drink because I'm gonna be mindful that I can actually put a drink down, you can't. 
So I'm gonna be like your cheerleader, I'm gonna support you, and so I'm not gonna drink in honor of you. And that's how it started about eight years ago. I actually gave up drinking for a whole year. For a whole year? For a whole year. Okay. And then after that year was done, I was like, dang, this is awesome. It was so like, great. And then I was like, okay, but I'm gonna go ahead back to drinking. So I drank the next year. And then I was like, oh, I feel, I don't, this isn't like, I'm getting too busy, I can't, no way. So I was like, I'm gonna take the next year off. So I took the next year off and I didn't drink. So then I was like doing one off, one on, one off, one on, one off, one on. So 2021, wait, 2020, pre-pandemic, like early, uh, it was gonna be a no drinking year. Uh -huh. And then the pandemic hit. And then everybody started having like their own drinking parties at home. And I got busier. I just got busier in different ways because of COVID. And there was like, there was no way I could do, I could drink. There was just, there was just too much happening. And especially with COVID, there was just, I couldn't. And so this year, uh, I've actually only had a handful of drinks. Really? Yeah. And I, I really actually would prefer to just be sober overall because again, my what I what I'm trying to achieve there's no time for it there is time for me to have cocktails at the end of the evening and maybe one or two or with dinner or something like that but for me to be at a at a first of all for me to be at a party for more than an hour is not even happening because I just don't have the time for it as a matter of fact prior to this I legit went I haven't seen my friends in forever and they were having a fourth of July party and they text me and they're like, we know you're probably not gonna come, but here's the invitation. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go and then I'm gonna leave. <laughs> and I, I showed up for, I was there for like 20 minutes before I came here, but I made time to be there to show my face and hug everybody and tell them I love them. And then I came here, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't have time to hang out at the party, unfortunately. I would love to, I would love nothing more than just be like peda with my friends, you know? But then tomorrow, even though it's you know supposed to be our day off, I'm still gonna go to work because I got prep. I got things I gotta do. I gotta get ready for my week, dude. I don't have time to nurse a hangover. Monica, I know you say it like it's nothing to you, <laughs> but hopefully you understand the self-discipline that comes with that alone, that this year I'm not gonna drink. And again, everyone has dreams, everyone has goals, everyone, especially when they're drinking, they talk about, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, but the actual work of waking up at six in the morning or, or prepping or doing whatever, very few people do that. So any tips on how we can help with self-discipline? Babe, I'm still myself disappointed because I have dreams and aspirations that I have yet tapped into. What are some of those? Well, I can't tell you. Why not? Because they're secret. Why are they secret? Because they, if I speak them into life, I have to purposely pursue it. I just can't give birth to it while I say it. Because again, words have power. So if I speak it, I am obligated by my nature to pursue it. Which is what you want to do, don't you? Yeah, well, yes, but tengo tantas cosas <laughs> that I have to shelve it right now. Okay. Because if I speak it into existence, dude, I am committed and I just cannot put that on my plate right now. But there's some really great things that I want to do. There's some really exciting things that, I'm, that I'm gonna some do. Some that you can share, because that, that was gonna be one of my later questions, as far as what are some of the future projects, inspiration goals that you have. Okay, so. But we're talking about it, maybe one that you can. So one, I've already, already spoke it out loud to a, a few of my friends. Um, 
one of the things that I really want to achieve and do, and again, it's one of those, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Um, I would like to build a series of little libraries around El Paso associated with local artists. So, for example, you've had Diego Robot on, right? Yes, so great. we could have, you know, a little library. Maybe it's in the shape of a robot tagged up by Diego Robot. Uh, we could have another artist in town. You've got Christina Palaca. Like, she's, she's amazing, you know, and she's got her own style and distinct look. That could be another one. So I want to build these little libraries and put them across town because one of my passions is reading and books, and I want to have kids have that opportunity to just, you know, trade that, right? I remember growing up and being with my friends and being like, I just read this great book, and we were just like nerds, you know, and and we still do it today. As a matter of fact, you know, I've got friends across the country where I'm like, what book are you reading? I need a book to read. And, you know, we'll swap like that. It's like a book club. And so I, I really want to start that. I want to start the the little libraries. I know there are a few across town, but they're not everywhere. And I want them to be more accessible, especially like in Segundo and, you know, other lower um, income communities. I think that the, it's important to have that. And then also the aesthetic of of the artist to be there as well, you know, so you can hit, it's like a double whammy. So that's something that I'm hoping to come to fruition here pretty soon. I just haven't really put it all together. That's just, you know, I'm talking about, it. I'm talking to artists, that kind of thing. I've been, I've, I've had a lot of positive feedback about it. So hopefully I can get really serious and dedicate some time to it, but I'm really excited about doing that. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, um, I'm going to give you an idea, and I'm sure that knowing you, you already have this in back okay. of your mind, and this might be a future project. But uh, this is the first time we interact, of si. course, right? And I see your strength as being emotional intelligence, perspective, having discipline and all that. And I don't know if, in, in my eyes, El Paso needs more of that, right? Can it be Instagram, YouTube, something that helps empower women or guys or kids mm -hmm. to what your strengths are and as I again first interaction you're really you're, again your emotional intelligence your discipline even though you may be like their second nature mm -hmm. but the truth is that when you interact with other people you know that's kind of like one of the biggest opportunities that we have as a community mm -hmm. again I don't know if this is maybe something you thought about but if I can if I may you know what how can you share that as well with our community? like a TED talk uh, I'm not going to say a TED Talk. Can, be, can it be a podcast every week? I am ego, but it's just I'm, I'm saying. I, I guess, I'm, I'm just, again, they would just most likely you have something. So, But that is a strength. Hopefully you already know that that's a strength yes, that you I have. Yes, I mean, a, a podcast has been, you know, I've talked to several different people and friends and people who wanted, you know, me to team up with them. And it, it's it's a matter of time for me. Of becoming a priority. You it, well, yes, because I've got other things so many other things, you know, I gotta pay the bills, right? Um, but maybe I think that that's gonna be a goal that I've, I've, I actually have benched that for the rest of this year. I've benched a lot of things for the rest of this year because I feel like we're still in mid-pandemic. Like everybody's acting like, oh, like nothing happened, right? But like things are still happening, yep. you know? Maybe not necessarily here, which I'm so proud of you, El Paso, because we were in very dire straits for half a minute there and then, you know, slowly everybody's getting vaccinated so i think that you know we're, we're feeling a lot more comfortable but um but i think a lot of things i'm gonna bench out for 2022 just to be on the safe side and the holidays are coming up which is always a little more stressful for me because i do tend to be busier uh so <laughs> it's funny because summer is always busier too but i'm just busy <laughs> but uh 
I don't know, Eli. Maybe in 2022. Why? Do you have an idea? <laughs> I do have several ideas, but I'm just like, you know what? Like, I, I totally see women. I mean, uh, most of your, your show, it's uh, female audience, if I'm not mistaken. So you already you have an influence there. But uh, again, I haven't heard it lately. But if you can pass like your knowledge or the way you think, you'll be surprised by the people that you can influence at things that really matter which is <coughs> the way of thing your perspective like the things that we talked about mm -hmm. imagine more of that to your audience so you want to know a secret oh go for it this is actually I, I don't think I've ever told this to anybody outside of my circle ooh I, does it consider me like part of your <laughs> circle a little bit no I'm just playing. Yes, you can be part of my circle. It's a sub-circle. Okay. I'm just kidding. Nothing can ask. It's the Mexican uh, circle. It's the Mexican circle. Yes, because, yeah. you know, you have your Juarez family, too. That's yeah. like a whole other topic, amigo. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you a secret. So prior to me moving to Portlandia, uh, Bill Toll going back to KTSM, where I got, you know, my training wheels and whatnot, he actually had approached me to do a type of show like Delilah. Okay, so Delilah's on KTSM. Mm -hmm. uh, she's, you know, kind of like a, that love advice and, the, you know, whatever, and then they play music, um, which I totally appreciated. And it was one of the hardest decisions I had to make because it was like leave or stay and take the gig, you know? And obviously I left and I never took the gig. Um, so you asking like, you know, doing a podcast, something like this, which is would be similar to something that I would have done initially, but I kind of went around the world to come back to something like that, you know? Um, so yes, I've thought about it thoroughly. I have, I just haven't been able to commit to it. I have not been able to commit to it because I know who I am. I know that I want to spend the 15 hours editing. I know I want everything to be perfect. Again, because I hold myself to a certain standard or would like to think that I do. Uh, and as you grow and as you learn, your, your standards should always elevate. Even if it's a minuscule amount, it should always be growing because you never want to remain stagnant, right? Um, it's kind of like they say, right? In politics, you know, what are you doing this year? You're going to be, you know, still trying to get the vote for the next time you're up for re-election, even though if it's years away. You're always trying to get re-elected. You're always trying to outdo yourself. You've got to. Well, thank you for sharing that, number one. And number two, hopefully you're able to do something something with again i your strength and i just again we've been on for maybe a little bit more of an hour Aye. but the truth is that it's <laughs> more than evident of of th that you have what a lot of people maybe need a little bit of help with especially after covid i'm sure that you saw that you kind of like the things that were going on both political emotional i mean that's where i think that maybe the, um, our community needs a little bit more help we do. I think that um, if you have the ability to reach out to people, even if you don't have a radio platform, maybe you have a social platform, you know, um, if your life is good, you know, if your biggest complaint is like, I, I don't know what I'm going to eat for lunch, you know, like maybe you should try to reach out to somebody who's less fortunate uh, because you will change people's lives. You really will, sure. you know, and it's and maybe I just do what I do in other people's eyes because they look like it, it's my job. It's actually not my job. You know what my job is? My job is to entertain you Monday through Friday from yeah. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. But I choose to do what I do because again, it, it brings me absolute joy. It brings me absolute joy to think that I 
had a hand in connecting people and ideas together. Yeah, and when it comes to connecting, it means helping them out mm -hmm. in their own personal life. Mm -hmm. Wow. Again, I want to thank you for your time, by the way. We're not done, but I just want to like really take the time because I really appreciate the things that you're sharing, what you're saying. I know that at least someone's going to benefit from our conversation. I hope so. Hopefully. Senorita, um, in your bio, I'm not sure if this is your Instagram, I think it's the Kiss FM website, okay. it says that um, uh, besides your passion for music, mm -hmm. you also want to find creative ways to impact our community in the art scene in El Paso. Yes. As I look through your Instagram, your Facebook, which by the way, I, I added you as a friend and you accepted me. I'm like, oh, okay, long time <laughs> ago, by the way. Um, but I can see that, yes, I mean, like you said, Diego Robot, um, Tino, I'm sorry about the Ortega? last name. Ortega. Ortega, sí. there, there's so many things that you want to make sure that, that people see them as well. Um, at the beginning of the, of the podcast, you said that you are an artist yourself. Mm -hmm. Is that maybe the, the one of the reasons why? What is it that um, that, it, that it matters for you to make sure that the art scene in El Paso grows? Yes, absolutely. I do think that, well, first of all, I got to say, um, El Paso has, and I mentioned this earlier, El Paso has an abnormal abundance of talented people, like a lot. Just whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's literature. I mean, it's just it's just a hotbed. And that's also an inspiration in itself, just just like that. Uh, so yes, I, I personally am an artist. I like to, you know, I dabble. I don't consider myself a full artist like most of these guys uh, and gals because they really do some outstanding work. But I do it <clears throat> as a hobby and just to kind of relax. And it's also like, um, I. When I draw it, I don't keep it. I usually give it away because it's inspired by somebody. So I just give it away. Um, but I did do, when I was in college, I did do a, a mural at UTEP. And I, I, if anybody at UTEP is listening, I need to find that mural. <laughs> it was it was this huge mural that we did, we did. It was like 20 feet long and whatever. It was awesome. And, and I, I never, I don't even have a picture of it. But it's awesome. Anyway. Uh, so... Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? As far as the art scene and open. Oh yeah, yeah. Why are you involved? Okay, yes. So yes, I love art. I, I do it myself. And so when I had the opportunity to actually use my platform for anything else other than self-serving, it was, I'm gonna focus on the art scene in El Paso and I'm gonna focus on local musicians who are really good. You know, you've got Khalid, you've got Crystal Poppin, you've got all these other guys that are trying to make it in the scene and uh, why not? What? Okay, so let me just give you an example. So I'm Monica from Kiss FM. Hey, what's up, right? Uh, what am I gonna do with my with my platform? Take pictures at concerts? I already do that, but you know, other than that, what am I gonna do with it? Look at me, look at where I'm at. Ike. You wanna share the love, you wanna make sure. You know that, what I mean? Yeah. So if I could help somebody and be like, bro, let's take your deal and put this guy's deal together, we're gonna have something really magical. So I'll give you an example, okay? Speaking of the art scene and the music scene. So Back in 2016, Portugal, the man announced that they were coming to El Paso. All right. So I work with the label and uh, they're coming to town. We're going to get some tickets. We're going to give them away. Awesome. And then I reached out because, again, I try to cultivate my relationships, whether it's with my reps, whether it's 
who usually become friends. You know, I don't even call them reps anymore. And one time I had a rep and it was like, why do you keep calling me that? I'm your friend. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. So, Shut uh, up, rep. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so, you know, you end up cultivating these friendships. And so it's easier to ask. Maybe it's easier to, to be like, you're going to push the envelope. So I like to get creative. I don't like to do the same boring thing every time, you know? And I reached out to Mo at the time who was running Atlantic and, uh, or she was working Atlantic. And so I said, hey, I've got so-and-so, these artists, and how can I incorporate, I'm just gonna come, just trust me, it's like, whatever. So I reached out to Diego Robot at the time, and they were called the Visionaries, and they're, mm -hmm. they're still a conglomeration of local artists that team up to do some work. So I reached out to them, they're like, what, 12 deep, right? One girl in there, Erica, and, uh, my thing was like, okay, guys, we've got this band. Okay, and at the time, the Chamanas were still around, which have become Estereo Manse with Paulina and, and um, Manu. But Once Upon a Time was the Chamanas, and the Chamanas ended up recording at Sonic Ranch, where Portugal the Man recorded the album, okay? So what ends up happening is that they get together, they become friends, and that's where the Chamanas ended up covering, I feel it still, and purple, yellow, red, blue, whatever the song was, uh, they ended up doing the Spanish versions. Actually, it was like a, like a bilingual version. Amazing, amazing versions, right? So much so that Portugal the Man has actually gone on record to say that the Chamanas version is way better than their version, which is something to say, you know? So when they were gonna be in town, the Chamanas, their manager reached out to me and was like, hey, you know, we've worked with them and they've act, they actually went out on the road and opened up for them a few shows. And we're like, hey, we'd like to kind of like be involved and stuff. And I was like, yeah, okay, great. Let me, let me figure something out. So I took what Gerardo, the manager from the Chamanas was telling me about how Portugal the man was all about the border, right? America, Mexicanos, and, and, and bringing that together. So the plan was to get the Chamanas to come from Juarez over the bridge and Portugal man to come from El Paso over the bridge and meet in the middle and then play the song. What? Okay. Right. Yeah. How amazing would have that been? I was telling you, it never happened because there was just too much bureaucracy and it just, it never, and we had like a little window and we couldn't pull it off. It just, it was, there was not enough time to do what we wanted to do. It would have been amazing. Instead, I reached out to the visionaries and I was like, you guys, so these, there's the songs and listen to the songs. Here's a mural, do what you gotta do. I let them do and figure it out. And they ended up creating this amazing, like huge mural of this gal and she was like the Egyptian, I, Edgar, you're gonna forgive forgive me because he's gonna be like, I told you what it was. But she had these wings and, and the, the Rio was in the back and it was like the American flag and the Mexican flag on her wings and just an amazing piece. So I was able to get Portugal the man to do like a winner's lounge. So it's like only select few. 
and we did it at one of the studios in town and we set up the mural in the back the guys loved it they signed it they actually took the mural and actually put it outside at the plaza theater because that's where they were performing and they put it out there with the spotlights and they had like the dancer and then the guys were walking around downtown prior to their show and they saw what's his name dancing and they were like you need to come on stage when the song comes on they took him on stage i mean it was incredible it was all amazing so that's how i was able to incorporate both the art scene national music on stage i mean it was just i love that i love that but it, you just have to dream it up nobody's done it before and let's work it let's try and figure out how to do it so it's a win for the local art scene it's a win for these artists and musicians and you know and and that really i give myself the permission to do it why because nobody else is doing it that's why wow monica what are we missing here in opaso i had Diego on, we had really nice conversation. He was able to open up about his bipolar disease, mm -hmm. a disorder, I'm sorry, and like everything that led to that. And mm -hmm. and, and, and we, we had a really good conversation. In in your perspective that you are able to see things from a, from a really close view, but at the same time being able to compare it to other cities or other people, mm -hmm. what are we missing here in El Paso to elevate El Paso to the next level? Um... <laughs> I think that, first of all, we need to highlight the positives of El Paso, right? Because there's so many negatives. I mean, listen, every time you see El Paso in a movie, ¿por qué? They're talking about the drug cartel. They're talking about the violence across the border. And, and, and people have that perception that El Paso is dangerous. I mean, it's just as dangerous as any other city that you're going to go to. But I, I believe it's less dangerous than, you know, maybe downtown L.A., you know. Um, I just think that the city needs to invest more in its art scene, mm -hmm. in its music scene. Which, by the way, um, I'm also on the board for the El Paso International Music Foundation. And uh, for the last three years, the organization has been working in tandem with um, Destination El Paso and other entities in town and we finally became designated a Texas music friendly community f uh, recognized by the governor's office by the city uh, by the state of Texas which in turn is going to offer new resources and opportunities for local musicians and at the same time you know I mean you always, always hear like all these bands and great artists that are just passing through and they're going to go play in Albuquerque and they're going to go play in Phoenix and never come to El Paso. Why? Well, dude, we've got Fort Bliss, we've got Juarez, and we've got El Paso, and we've got Las Cruces. Yep. We all share the same community, but it's never talked about as a community. I think that that's the problem, right? El, El Paso wants to just coexist without considering Juarez or without considering Las Cruces or without considering Fort Bliss, like that's a, no. We say it, right, the borderplex. But we don't actually do it, you know? And I think that that's, that's where we need to start because there is a lot of talent and a lot of treasures that the whole borderland offers. I don't think we're being advertised correctly, to be honest. 
Do you think that we as El Pasoans also are not doing a good job as we maybe see ourselves less than other people? Kind of like not believing that, wait a second, El Paso, it's the shit, you know, like, and, and, and kind of have that going on. So I do think that um, El Paso is very proud of El Paso. I do see that. But I don't think that we're too involved in sharing what's amazing about our city. Unfortunately, El Paso's spotlight nationally has all been negative. You had the August 3rd shootings, you know. Um, you had COVID, which was terrible. So the spotlight is not the right spotlight. Although, you know, you had the New York Times and you had the Guardian, you know, focusing on, on certain muralists and artists in town, which is, it's about time. But we've known that for for years. We've known that El Paso is just thriving with all this amazing talent. And so why why isn't it shouldn't necessarily the people, the community should follow in the footsteps of our tourism board and of our government of being out there and saying, hey, look at us. Look at how amazing we are. Because we are. It's just I don't think we're being advertised correctly. I agree. What it is? What what should it be? What should our slogan be? I don't know. I don't have that job yet, so it's not my responsibility to do that. But can can it be better? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you've got San Antonio, right? The Riverwalk. You've got Austin. Stay weird, right? What's, what's El Paso? It's all good. That never caught on. It's like, it's not a thing, dude. You know? <laughs> what, what can El Paso be? You know, I, I often think that El Paso should be like, uh, the most haunted city on the borderland, because we are. How about something around food? Right, or the best Mexican food in town. But then you've got New Mexico, and they, they're like the chili capital of the world or mm, whatever. Okay. Something like that, right? So I don't know. We, we, we I don't know. The, the jewel of the desert, I don't know. Mm. But we're definitely something special. We've got so much, so much history. It just, it, it's a great place to live. It really is a great place to live. And I, I, I'm sorry that I didn't see that in the beginning. I mean, I was just 14 years old. But um, I'm glad. I'm glad that I got back to kind of, you know, slap the arrogant teenager out of myself and be like, how dare you? How yeah. dare you think of that, you know? No, and I agree with you 100%. Again, as, as I was myself here, putting myself out there thinking, you know what, I want to be someone in the community that's doing something good. Like, wait a second, after researching and finding all the great things that, that we have, the great people are like, bro, you got nothing, bro, because there's a lot of things. I do think, though, like going back to that, it is, uh, again, there, there's different ways to tackle this, right? But one of them, like what I can do as a person, not government official, not marketing, the Instagram of mm -hmm. El Paso is, is start thinking yourself a different way. A lot of times we have Instagram accounts that just post the negative things and guess on the comments, oh, El Paso is this, El Paso is that. Sí. Oh yeah, give me a second. If we highlight nine bad things and only one good thing, your perspective is that El Paso as a whole, as an average is wrong. And even though you celebrate the one or two posts that are good, guess what? Your perception is still that it's El Paso bad. 
Right. And that's the perception of you. What I really hate the most, I'm not going to say hate, but I really don't like when they say, there's nothing to do in El Paso. Ah, es cierto. It is tú. Your right. reality of that you have nothing going on, your friends, there's nothing going on, and that's why maybe you're born nothing. But there's so many things around. So, again, at a personal level, again, I'm not going to talk official or, mm. or model or Instagram or anything. We need to start by, give me a second, let me, let, let me, let me change that switch. Yep. And that alone, it's going to help us out and support people. I'm not, and this is where it gets controversial at times. I had a conversation with someone, I'm going to say someone that I had to kind of clip like seven minutes that we got into <laughs> a conversation. I'm not into supporting local. But let, let me go back. I have a local business. Mm -hmm. I'm into supporting, and this is something that Cinta de Oro, Sin Cara said, people and movements. Support people if movements. But the fact is that if at a restaurant, at a village in which one of them closed, by the way, they treat me better, better customer service, better food than mom and pop's place, guess what? Mom's pop place is going to go out of business eventually. doesn't serve me. Right. So what I am supporting, it's people and movements. And when Cinta de Oro said, because one of the similar questions was like, yeah, people expect they do come to the Coliseum to see Bat Bunny or whoever big. But you know what? Do go to your local artist person that you do like. Tampoco vaya si no te gusta. But go to the, the local bar. You know, don't expect that big of a show, that mm -hmm. investment of the lights, of everything, because that will <clears throat> come eventually with your support. Right. But then you're expecting this big thing going on without, wait a second, this guy's taking those baby steps yeah. to get there. Yeah, and it, it applies not just to artists when you go out and see them or support them or an art gallery or show. And it also comes to going to your local hairdresser or your local burrito lady. Giving them and, a try? And giving them a try. And and I truly believe that. I try to support local as much as I can. If I have a bad experience, I believe you me, it takes my all to not post it because I'm human too, right? Yeah. I want to go on my rants. But I don't. You can't do that. At least not me, because that's not my standard. Uh, however, I will reach out. I will try to reach out to the business and be like, you know, uh, may I may make a suggestion? This was my experience. You know, maybe in the future, I don't want anything in return. I don't need an extra meal. I don't need an extra whatever. I just want to let you know my experience. So sometimes they respond. Most of the time, they don't respond. They don't even say thanks, <laughs> yeah. which says a lot. So to me, it says, I will not be visiting your establishment. That's all it says. Y se acabó, se acabó. Yeah. There's no, no drama, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, so yes, I believe that it starts with you going out there and making movements, right? Like, like Singara said, but get involved in what you like. Yeah. So if theater is your gig, go support UTEP's Dinner Theater. Go support the Playhouse, okay? If bowling is your gig, join a local league. Get involved. Make a, maybe start, you know, colecta uh, uh, and be like, hey guys, we're gonna do $5, you know, um, to play and then we're gonna take this money and donate it to the food bank, whatever. It's, it can be just as small as that because you know what? $25 at the food bank is going to feed a lot of people. And you're not even going to notice that. No se va a ver. Yeah. But you made a difference to that person that's having dinner that evening. Okay. That child that's going to eat because you made a difference. 
So even if you don't know how you want to get involved, even if you don't know that there's organizations out there that could, that that's something that you might really be interested in, just start somewhere. Google it. Be like, I love hair. And I bet you you'll find a community who's all about hairdressers or hairstylists, or you can team up with a, a local salon on point. And you could be like, hey, Eli, you know, I want to make gorditas. I want to get enchilada plates and I want to give it to my church. Whatever, whatever works, dude. It's just finding your passion and whatever. Because if you don't believe in it, no, no cuenta. Exacto. You know? Yeah, and those people that say that there's nothing to do. I don't know if it was Richie Marufo or someone else, or actually more than one person said, if you're one of them, that's fine. Well, then you create it. Mm -hmm. Do something. Entonces, if there is nothing to do that you're interested, you do something. You know? That's exactly right. Instead of you finding yourself at the complaining side of the table, sabes que this is what I'm doing mm -hmm. to help out. Mm -hmm. Now, it's really simple to say, but it's hard, but hopefully, like at least we help plant the seeds of, of something yes. going there. But bueno, thank you so much for that. I want to talk about another subject, which is really, I know that you're big, which is the LGBT. Q. Yes, community. Our community. Yes. Talk to us about um, in El Paso, how strong is our community? Uh, for someone that I, is not like myself involved, mm -hmm. describe uh, some of the events. I know you were recently part of one. How strong, how united we are, and also the, the people that maybe are not part of that community, how did they respond to those events? Talk to me a little bit about so, that. So LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ+, and uh, the whole Pride movement right now, um, well, actually it was June, but actually Pride has been extended throughout the summer, just letting you know. <laughs> and there's all these events coming up. But so people ask me sometimes, they're like, are you gay? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm sorry, I'm not. But um, I have been an ally for many, 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 many a moon of my LGBTQ community. I've had uh, lots of friends. I've had friends who've died of AIDS. And um, again, maybe it's my personality and maybe it's uh, just who I am. I don't discriminate. And I just, I love my brothers and sisters as much as I love my brother, you know? It's just, there's no difference for me. But I see the injustices that have been perpetrated throughout the years and decades and the struggles that, that they've gone through because of their sexual orientation, which is the craziest thing to think about. I mean, honestly, like, Eli, if you want to go work at a bank and they're like, well, who's your sexual preference? ¿Qué te importa? Yep. I'm still going to count the money the same, you know? So it's it's very disheartening of, you know, how things have turned out. But I support my LGBTQ community because I believe that they should and they deserve to be treated just like everybody else. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you prefer. It doesn't matter what you look like. I don't care. So yes, I was honored to be asked to help MC the Pride Block Party. And this year, things have been a little bit different because of COVID-19. So it's been a series of different events, you know, from Pride Night at the El Paso Chihuahuas, I believe the locomotives is coming up or it, it I'm sorry, I haven't even checked my schedule. But anyways, there's a lot of stuff happening. You've had like the pool parties and you've had the wet and wild parties and you've had the DJs come in and, and the, the celebration is gonna continue throughout the summer. And it's all to bring awareness. And then another thing is that I feel that um, people think Pride Month, like, oh, it's all glitter and rainbows and unicorns and stuff like that. But yes, 
the LGBTQ community is coming out and they're free to feel and wear and express themselves as they wish, but it's also to commemorate the struggles of everybody before them who have never had the opportunities to express themselves that freely. It's very important, you know? And so I think it gets misconstrued. I think people think like, no, son puros descarados y que esto que el otro. That's not the case. They're just living their life and they're living out loud and they're just like, yes, we're here and I'm, hear me out, you know? And we as allies should support that and we should elevate them because it hasn't been easy for them. Imagine, imagine living like that. Get fail. Yep. You know, talk about having it hard. I mean, even as a girl, I'm like, Shh, that's not even, no. It's, it's, it's so, yeah, anything that I can do to, to help bring awareness and, um, and shed some light on it, I'm all about it. So, yes, I, I was very honored. And actually, I, I hosted also in 20, uh, 2019, before COVID, and I've been involved ever since. And I just, I've been able to form relationships with the community and, I thank you for accepting me because I feel like I'm too an outsider, you know? I think we all feel like we're outsiders. Yeah, I agree. At a certain circle, you you're know? always going to be an outsider. Yeah, and, it, and it's very important to also note that um, the LGBTQ plus, plus community is, um, <clears throat> they're family-oriented, dude. No son todos locos. Así, like, again, the perception of like, oh, they're just wild and crazy. We're all wild and crazy, but they also have families and they have kids and they have brothers and they have sisters and they have moms and they have dads who are very proud of them, you know? And and we need to celebrate with them, with the families and bring them to, to the party too. It's not just like, ooh, let's get shots and let's drink. No, let's bring, again, the community. And I think that the stigma, we need to talk about it. The stigma is still there. We need to tear that down. How can we do it? And that was going to be my follow-up question as far as the stigma, specifically to our El Paso community. It's still there, based Same. on what you're telling me. And what is it that we can do to, to help out that stigma? Education. Educate yourself. Understand. Understand the lives of these people. Take the time to talk to them. Come out to an event. Come out to the locomotives. See them. Go up to them. Introduce yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Why are we so afraid to talk to some people? Like, I don't get that. I mean, I know that the advent of technology has really <laughs> made it socially awkward, but I think that, you know, a good old fashioned face-to-face conversation will always win at the end of the day, you know, get to know that person. And again, we're talking about sexual preference, like what? I, you know, nobody, at least I would hope that when I have a conversation with somebody, they're not like, Oh, is she, you know, like boys or is she like girls? I don't, I don't even think about that ever. When I meet somebody, like, that doesn't enter my brain, you know, whether they're bi, trans, I don't care. You're you, you have a soul, you have, you know, that energy with you. I want to know that. Let me tap into that, you know? I just, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. And that's why I'm an ally, and I will do whatever I can. And yes, I will lend my celebrity to, to whoever I can help out to make that outreach. Well, thank you for doing that, because that's a, yeah. a, a big role. And it doesn't, my opinion, it's not when a certain person or, 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 or group of people think in negative way about 
that community, for example, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know what, they're perfect people, but they maybe just have negative thoughts on that. The truth is that if you have negative comments on any mm -hmm. type of person, any t despite their preference, the truth is that you have bigger issues at home, yes. right? So as I try to see like, what can we do to really help, right? And it's like, I just, what my take on it, and this is what I, I uh, tell my daughter on a daily basis is first of all the stereotypes there is no stereotypes mm -hmm. uh, color sexual preference we're just going to refer to to how what whatever type of person they are mm -hmm. at a bigger level right like you have your stage that you are been uh, been able to help of course any type of group that, that that needs that outreach that additional education but there is a lot of things that were going on i'll be honest with you, i'm 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 ignorant when it comes to like, do the are they suffering discrimination in our community? Is still there is there the the stigma? But aside from that, are they also suffering from that, right? And what can I do, maybe with this podcast, to help out? Because the truth is, I want growth, but I want everyone growing, and right. it's mindset growth, not like numbers growth. It's more of a like elevate the way mm -hmm. that we think, mm -hmm. our empathy, our emotional intelligence. I'm, I'm, I try to be big on that. Is how can we get to a higher level not a perfect yes but a higher level. so <clears throat> i'm actually i'm actually talking to a few of my friends um where i want to do a kind of um like a micro documentary on the drag queen life or you know like a, a day in the life of a drag queen in el paso and a lot of people i think have the misconception again maybe you know you're so far removed that you just don't even know right what what you think of drag queen. What, what do you think when I say drag queen? Someone dressing, a man dressing as a girl. Okay, but do you see it as entertainment? Oh yeah. Okay, so absolutely, right? So there's actually a whole artistic mode to them being and, and dressing up in drag. I mean, if you could see the transformation, it's awe-inspiring. For example, Again, I don't girl very well, but it takes me like you know, a little while to put my face on. These guys can be like, shh, 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 let's go. And I'm like, what? Y con peluca, you know what I mean? I'm like, what is happening? And it's so impressive. And it's not just that, it's the, the, the costumes that they make. Well, some of them buy, but most of them make it. Okay, and then not just that, but then the the songs that they choose, the choreo the choreography that 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 follows too. It is a whole performance piece, all right. And it's also a it, for them. It's you know a liberation, a, yeah. a way of expressing you know everything that, that that they're maybe going through, and it's the most amazing thing ever. So I'm trying, that's another project that I'm trying to work on is is to highlight some of our drag performers because it's just much more than that. Oh, I just want to dress up in drag and look like a girl. It's not that at all. And I think that's also a misconception. But if you've never been to a drag show, I highly recommend that you go see it. If you want to start to learn a little bit more, attend a drag show and appreciate the artistic side of them and then have a conversation with somebody. Or maybe, you know, it's your neighbor or maybe it's somebody that you work with that you would normally not be like, I don't know your lifestyle or maybe you're like looking down on their lifestyle because it's so foreign to you. Cause you know, take the time and ask them, you know what? Forgive me, I'm, I'm ignorant. I don't have any gay friends. Can you tell me about yourself? I'd like to know. 
but be honest and genuine. That'd be like just curious, you know, curious and trying to belittle somebody Creepy or anything or like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, be be serious about it. You know, like how how does this work for you? Or you know, just to have that conversation. Most of them they're just gonna tell you, be like, Well, girl, let me tell you, you know. Uh but and and then also you could attend there's many activities that go on. You know, you've got the Borderland Rainbow Center, and they're always doing some great stuff that you can attend. There's all sorts of fundraisers that you can get involved with. I mean, there's so much happening, which is really great because a few years ago, I was like a decade ago, none of that was happening. None of it. It'll be interesting to really dig into. Mm -hmm. like, Te invito, the amigo. Te invito. I'm there for sure. What I admire the most is the courage, mm -hmm. right? Because like to be able to dress yaurita like regardless mm -hmm. the truth is that i'm sure that most especially in the hispanic culture there was a process of being okay talking about it and now doing it right so i personally like admire that courage so when anyone talks about anything like wait a second i can assure you that there's a high chance i can always i can never talk in absolutes the truth is that this person had more courage than you starting your business mm -hmm. right because you were afraid mm -hmm. of failing this person had to deal with this type of person this type of person their family their job their work and then people like you right yeah. so I mean, again, we, we can talk about this, and, and I, I am definitely going to ask as far as who I can reach out to have in the podcast so that oh, yeah, yeah. we'll talk about more, that. More, more insight on this and, huh. and, and how we can help spread the message and also encourage other people, mm -hmm. right? Again, I'm all about growth mindset, right? But um, I, I saw, I mean, again, I've been stalking your Instagram for more than <laughs> two weeks. I'm like, you know, like the, there's, there, there's a reason why. Yeah. And, and you are using, like you said, you don't post selfies every day or your family. Oh, today I ate this. But you're very uh, personal on, on what you do. And one of the things that you do is support that community. So I do. I, and again, I just try. And, and I got to say, you know, uh, I've been very blessed once again that... Uh, I just have people who reach out and, and they trust me. And that's an honor that people will reach out and trust me to, you know, whether it's their business or it's their cause or their their organization. Um, and if I, if I truly believe it, I'll, I'll, I'll get behind it. If I don't believe in something, I won't, I won't. And I'll tell you right off the bat, like, this isn't for me or, or I just, I'm gonna respectfully decline because I don't, it doesn't align with my vision. Um, but it's truly like go and do your thing or, and I will try and con put you in contact with somebody else that can help you out better. But uh, everything that I do, I do it because I believe in the cause. I believe and I see what they're doing and they have the larger platform. And so whatever I can do and work in tandem with them is is my gig, man. I'm down. Nice. Again, and it, and it's fascinating, admirable, by the way, is that, that that's just you and that's truly you. And again, we've been on for two hours, 4th of July on a Sunday, <laughs> and you're here with me. So again, I want to thank you. You're and welcome. again, it's, it, I mean, it, it, it's crazy how when I get to meet people like yourself, like, oh, so now everything makes sense, right? Mm. Kind of like, oh, okay, so this is the reason why she's doing this, and this is what her goal is. And again, uh, everything now makes sense. Now, without being specific, um, again, I don't want to steal more of your time, but talk to us a little bit about what are your future plans? What are your goals? How do you see yourself in five, 10 years? Do you even have a plan such as that? What is next for you, short-term, long-term? Again, you don't have to be specific, mm -hmm. but what is it that you want to accomplish in your life? Um, well, you know, I um, <clears throat> that's a loaded question. It is. But, uh, 
I, you know, honestly, uh, during COVID, it was very difficult because my industry was dying. There was a lot of people that, and it's a bad, bad word, but um, there, a lot of people were getting laid off. A lot of people were losing their jobs and uh, the industry just, it took a hit because obviously we're event driven touring driven musicians driven and it was just it was a it was a screeching halt for so many people but um so i suppose do i still want to be on the radio yes i i don't know a life outside of radio i mean don't get me wrong i've done many jobs and i've worked with <laughs> some incredible people but it's always like you know radio has always been there um my only real jobs I've ever had in my life were, I did throw the newspaper for like seven years, which I loved. And I worked at Arby's for about a year. And um, other than that, it's all been radio. And so I don't know anything else. Can I work an eight to five? Sure, I can do it because I can do anything. That's my mindset. But do I wanna do that? No. Um, had I been let go during COVID, what would I be doing now? I'd probably, you know, work at Target, work at <laughs> McDonald's. Like, I'm fine with it. Like, no tengo vergüenza, dude. Yeah. Whatever pays the bills. Because, you know, people will, for example, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, well, why aren't you driving, like, a great car? Why? My car works fine. It may not look pretty, but <laughs> you know what I mean? It's functional. And um, you're not paying the bills, so we're good. So yes, I do my, see myself in radio. As long as they'll have me, I'll be there. Um, outside of that, I do eventually want to start my podcast. I don't know when that's going to be, but it is on the shelf of priorities. And um, I would like to eventually you know, take over the world, like I said, and help out as many people as I can. If I could just wake up in the morning and just be like connecting people, like, like the old school operators, like, I'll connect you, I'll connect you. And then, you know, have enough money in the bank so I can survive and eat and travel, like that would be the best, you know? Um, but I don't know. It's 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 tough. You still got to make a buck. You still got to. Unfortunately, you know, it's not like I could live off the land. I mean, I can, but you know, <laughs> it's gonna be really hard. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, I want to be on the radio still. If if you know, people say, well, it's a dying it's a dying breed. It is. You have satellite radio, and you have all these other computers that can do everything that you can do. Um, but I think people tune in. The music's always going to be there, right? You can always turn on your phone and play Pandora and play your playlist. But I think people tune in because they want to listen to you and what you have to say, even if you're not saying anything, you know? Oh, interesting. At a personal level, let's not say work, mm -hmm. what else is missing for you? What is it that you're working on? I know, again, mm -hmm. no one's perfect. Always, like you said, you mm -hmm. have the perspective, I mean, on point. No pun intended, maybe yes. The truth is, at a personal level, what else are you seeking? What are you looking for? What else are you working on to be even happier than what you are right now? So I, um, I think it's a daily thing for me. I try to work on my person, you know, my conversations with me and my God, my conversations with me and my, my spirit, and to try and be a better person. I just think that that's, it's a, it, it takes work to be cognizant of other people and to be cognizant of yourself to hold yourself accountable 
For example, the stupidest and littlest of things, like if you're walking by and you throw a piece of paper and it doesn't hit the trash can, people will just leave it there. I can't just leave it there. I can't. It's that, that whole thing about if you're at the grocery store and you use the cart and then you don't put the cart back in the bin. Right? A lot of people don't. And if I'm in the parking lot and you don't put back your bin, you betcha I'm going to be rolling down my window just looking at you, <laughs> giving you the side eye. Uh, because I feel like a lot of people, pues see, sí, okay, you can get away with it. Nobody's looking. But that's not the point. You're looking. You know. You know better. You know between right and wrong. I don't get, we're not talking about religion, we're talking politics. You know between right and wrong. And so for me personally, what is my ultimate definition of success? You know what it is? It's waking up healthy. It's waking up and be like, what am I gonna do today? And who can I, who can I talk to? And who am I gonna have a conversation with that's gonna change my life and is gonna change their life? Like you have to look forward to that. No matter what the challenge is, no matter how many times you're going to be trying to roll up that window and the rain's going to still come. I mean, what a metaphor for life, yeah. right? You're going to get soaked, but you're going to dry out and you're going to be okay. Story that we tell ourselves. Let's see. Yeah. You have to, you have to give it gas. Le tienes que dar ganas. You have to, you have to just care. Care about yourself. Care about the people around you. Care about. The person on the corner, dude, who doesn't have anything. And so what if he's a drunk? And so what if he's a druggie? That's not, it's not your job to fix them. It's not your job. But you can be kind to them. You can ask them their name. You don't have to give them money. I mean, imagine not having any friends. You smell. You're kind of crazy. You have issues. You can't get any help. You probably have a drug or alcohol dependency and you're out of your mind, literally. Everybody who sees you thinks you're subhuman. So maybe you don't have to give them money. Give them a mask. Ask them their name. Are you okay? No? Do what you gotta do to get better. Like, just give them some encouragement, dude. It's just it's little... That's all the effort that you, that it needs. You don't have to put them up in house and home, you know. Algo poquito, poquito. Yeah. It, it, it's all about perspective. And, and again, I don't want to drag this anymore mm -hmm. in case I should have asked you if you had a, a, a heart let's stop or anything like that. But the truth is that as you're telling me this, again, like when you're saying the being honest with yourself, mm -hmm. like I, at a personal level with my friends, relationships, anyone, Anything, I always say, you know what, I try my best. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but I try my best not to lie to people. Mm -hmm. And it's not for you. It's no. not for, it's for myself. Why? Because I don't like to myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know it sounds very silly, no, very stupid. But it's as you're truth. saying this, I'm like, I have, I respect myself so much mm -hmm. that, again, as you're saying this, yeah, that's exactly kind of like the goal and what makes me feel good every day. Um, and it's funny how we're talking about this. And again, I don't, I don't mean to, to, to take any more of your time. No, 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 go ahead. But the truth is that, um, for example, if someone wants to tell me, hey, you have cancer, you only have two weeks and you're gonna die. It, it really sucks. I don't wanna do that. But as far as the choices I made in my life, I have no problems with, no one has a problem with me. I, may, maybe they don't like me for sure, but mm -hmm. as far as this guy did that to me, you know what? 
I have done everything that I wanted the mm -hmm. way that I have wanted, um, and I'm okay with it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and as you talk to it, like, it seems that you have, again, of course, there's so many other goals, there's so many things you wanna do, but you have lived the life that you feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I do. You know, a lot of people ask me, like, why aren't you married? Why don't you have kids? And I'm like, dude, I love kids. If it had been up to me, well, okay, I say that, but, because it was up to me. But I chose a different path. Because either I was going to get pregnant and have 10 kids and be an at-home mom, because I would want to be there. I would want to help that child grow. I want my full attention on them. I don't want to be a career mom and have, you know, I, I, I couldn't do that. I could not do that. Like, it would break my heart. I couldn't do that. And I know that moms that do out there, and like, no offense, personally for me, it doesn't fit. That doesn't fit for me. So to this day, I still have no kids. I mean, tomorrow might be a different story. I'd be like, oh, Eli, never mind. I, I. But, you know, that's not, that's not the point. The point is I chose not to have children while I was doing my career, you know? And that doesn't mean that I don't love children. I love children. I, like, I'm down to even adopt kids, dude. Like, I'm all about it. But I can't because I'm giving everything that I have to the things, my passions that I love. And it's like having kids, you know? Um, I have my niece that I vicariously lived through and my my nephews and I've, and I've, and I've, I've, you know, done that and I'm doing it. But for right now, I love being a single gal and, you know, chasing the ultimate dream of what's next, of what's next. I, I, here's the thing, dude, I, I'm a, I'm a very, strong-minded person. I'm a very motivated person, self-motivated. I don't need a buddy to go to the gym with, you know? Um, I do very much my own thing. I beat my own drum kind of thing. And um, I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay. And, and that's, it's terrifying for people. It's absolutely terrifying and I know that. And so I try not to be too much <laughs> because I know it's overwhelming for some and I'm just like, oh, okay, but you know, it is what it is. It's who I am. I, I can't help it. Uh, but you definitely, at the end of the day, you know, what do I want to do What do, on a personal level? I just want to be the best person that I can be, dude, because I feel like our time on this planet is so short and there's so much to learn. Like I can't even, I can't absorb it. Like, you know, I can't and I need to and I feel and that fills me up. If I, I have to read and I have to listen to all the music and I have to, you know, I have to like, it's always something. It's always something. And that's what I'm telling you. I don't sleep because my mind is always going. I'm reading a book and then I'm like, oh my God, did I, I didn't know about that. So I have to like research that, you know? And, and I feel like all my life I've been this way. I've just, I've, I just, metiche. That's the word, metiche. I just need to know, I need to know. I'm gonna ask you this. And again, just because as you say this, like it triggers so many questions and it's like, oh my God, I can guarantee you that she thinks this way about this thing. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't know if I'm wording this right, but what is your relationship with death? Meaning, let me try to explain because I don't know if I'm using the right term. Okay. What motivates me is knowing that I only have one life. Mm -hmm. Like, and that I can die tomorrow. Mm 
mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. what motivates me to try anything and everything that I want, mm-hmm. to to be very direct and honest with people. Mm-hmm. You know, not a people pleaser. Like I know sometimes maybe the way I voice it is not the right way. Suena medio mamón or like there's <laughs> a lot of different things, right? Okay. But at the end of the day, like my relationship with death is that I know it can be here tomorrow and everything. And because of that, that motivates me to be myself. And as you're talking about this, that again, I, I think a lot like you, I'm like, I'm wondering if she also has seen at a very young age that, you know what, she's gonna die, she might die tomorrow. And because of that, she wants to leave it all out there. Is that the it's case, a, maybe not? No, Talk well, it's, it's very interesting that you asked that question because I feel that I have a very personal relationship with death because um, at a very young age, death, you know, you go like through life and a lot of people are like, oh, I've never had anybody die. And I'm like, what? How? Like, what bubble do you live in? How is that even possible? For me, death was introduced at a very young age. Can I ask by? Uh, yes. So my grandmother passed away from breast cancer at when I was about five, six years old. Okay. And that was my first encounter with death. And then it was just a snowball effect after that. And... Honestly, I bl- I th- I've had so many people die in such tragic ways that, that it's 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 a lot for for your average person to come out and be like I'm okay on the other end. It's it's really like tragic. We're not talking even like normal deaths. We're talking tragic, right? So my nature is very dark. I, I, I normally live in a very, which is ironic, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm so like, ah, I hate It is, that? as you said this, I'm like, oh. Yeah, but, I, but I, I live in a very dark, you know, the 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 dark, the occult, the everything, like I'm very much attracted to that, you know? Uh, I try to understand it, but, but it was because when I was very little, I wanted to understand death. I didn't understand the feelings of, you know, grief, because I'm, ch- I'm a child, but I knew what I was feeling. I didn't know how to translate that. And growing up, trying to explain that to your mom, whose mom had just passed away, you know, she's single mom and, and she's got a lot, like, it was just too much. So my mom, unfortunately, wasn't the one who was the one to explain death to me. I had to go out and talk to people. I had to talk to my priest. I talked to my family, other members. I talked to my friends. I talked. How old were you? Must have been. And I'm like, I was about um, maybe about 11, 12 years okay. old. Okay. And I read a lot. I read a lot. And I remember, well, most of my memories, even from LA to, to El Paso, were spent in libraries. Like, I lived in libraries. I, I, I always wanted to work in a library too, never had the opportunity. So summer job I'm right there but um, I started reading a lot about Egyptian mythology and Mayan mythology and Aztec and just different cultures about death and how it wasn't necessarily an ending it was a beginning and so my again perspective changed on death at a very young age and I started to see death as a, a beautiful rebirth if you will Right, it's also like Catholicism, rebirth, resurrection, the whole thing. Um, I also took theology in college, which was, <laughs> anyways. <clears throat> but yeah, <clears throat> so death for me 
had a different significance than most people. Like, yes, dying is sad, of course. But actually, when you're mourning the dead person, your family member or your friend, you're actually mourning the death of your relationship because you're not going to see that person anymore, right? I mean, in like I have to put it in those terms. I know it sounds simplistic, but it's not. Um, but the beauty is that they're, at least in my head, their energy never dies. And not, no energy doesn't die, it just transforms into something else. So like, you know, the spirit of my grandmother, the spirit of my grandfather and my ancestors are out there. The energy is out there, okay? And so for me, all my ancestors, the prayers of my family, the prayers of my grandmother, because she got to see me, she knows who I am, that still is that ripple, right? When I was born, all the, 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 the joy and then the, the, the hugging and the blessings that I got from my family and my friends that when I was born, that's still with me. And it's just a matter of tapping into that energy, in my opinion. I know people are like, she's crazy, I've lost her at this point. But so when somebody dies close to me, yes, you have the grieving, you have the, 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 the soul, the, the, the terrible, terrible strife that you feel when you lose somebody and the grief. But once all that is done, you take it into a perspective and you're like, e, now I got another ally uh, looking after me. I've got that energy surrounding me. So like, I don't know if you've ever felt when you go into a room, maybe you're faced up with a, a scenario, maybe you had a job and you're like, e, I'm gonna go to the principal's office, I'm gonna go to the, I'm, I'm call, being called out by my boss. You surround yourself with that light. You surround yourself with the protection of your family and the prayers of your ancestors. And you're a chingona. Now, if you haven't done anything wrong and you live your life you know, by your standard of, of good, then there's nothing that you need to be afraid of. There's absolutely nothing that you need to be afraid of on this planet. If you live a good life, if you don't lie to people and you're genuine and you're honest, why are people afraid? Why are we afraid to take the leaps? Why are we afraid to talk to that person? If you like a girl, if you like a boy, go talk to them. If you want that job, apply for it. If you want that raise, ask for it. You may get declined multiple times, but at least they know that, you know what? I know my worth and I'm asking for it. Whether you're gonna give it to me or not, that's not the point. Point is, is that you're asking for it. So yes, I feel like death for me is a beautiful transformation. It is sad and it's devastating. But again, we have such a short span, such a short span, that if you're not awake and aware, you're gonna spend your life making mistakes, dude. Make the mistake, learn from it, move on. There's so much more, there's so much more. And so when I was growing up, because death was introduced to me at such a young age, I felt like my time on this planet was, was short. So I had an idea that I would never make it to 24. And so I would live my life, you know, exagerada. Party, let's dance, let's drink, I'm good. Wake up, do it all over again, or go to work and never have any rest time, like, because I felt like I needed to do it all. And then I got to 24, I'm like, damn, I survived, all right, you know? And then, and then I felt again, like there was always that impending doom, like, you might not see 34, girl. 
So that what you know what I mean you to make certain decisions. Yes, I'm sure. yes, because you because then you know things start to change, yeah. and you're like, oh, well, I can't drink and drive. That's not good. You know what I mean? Like you, you're young and you you don't know what you're doing, and you make mistakes. But if you keep doing them, well, then you know, come on, that's on you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm afraid. I don't want to be that person who who like and then I go out on the road and I kill somebody. I could never live with myself. Never live with myself if that something happened. But it happens all the time. Because we say, oh, it can't happen to me. But it can happen to you. And that's the scary thing. So for me, it's all about let's eliminate that. If I'm going to drink, friend, here are my keys. I don't want it. Um, put me on an Uber or let me sleep it off. Even if it's on the curb, I'm fine with it. I'd rather be sleeping on the curb than, you know, in jail. Wow. We have to self-discipline perspective. You have to self-discipline. You have to. And it's in. a daily thing. You yeah. have to care. You have to care about yourself. You have to. You know, sometimes I wake up and I don't want to do anything. I want to sleep. I, I want to just lay there and watch ancient aliens. You know what I mean? I just I don't want to do anything. But somebody's always depending on you. And you know what? I have to depend on me. So that's why I have to get up. Because nobody's going to pay my bills. I got to do it for me. So will it ever get to the point where I don't have to pay my bills and I'm self-sufficient? Yes, that would be and then you know what? I just like wake up in a different country or in a different city and go out and talk to people. Oh, right. I know you write a lot. I do. I, there, there's so many topics, trust me, that, that, that we haven't got to, but I think that maybe we can do a second part. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, unless you, you're good to go for a I don't know. You're going to spend like a whole day editing this because it's going to be way too hey, long. Hey, I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm so thankful that I'm talking to you. And this is, I don't know who brought it up, but that there's a lack. I think Alexandra Sarah, um, that, um, I don't know if it was her or just Rina, that maybe a lack of female role models in our community. Mm. And and to be honest with you, when I think about the, tr the things that matter, mindset, uh, perspective, knowing what to do, uh, self-discipline, mm -hmm. not only like your business, there's a lot of business owners, there's a lot of successful people money-wise, but people that have that mindset that you have, like they're very few, meaning like a role model, right? So as you yeah. as you were telling me this, I'm like, there's a perfect example. Like I'm, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell my daughter, you're gonna listen to this three times and you're gonna write a summary of it. I like, see, no, so you're saying, okay, well, first of all, thank you for saying that I'm inspirational. You and are. I, I, don't, I don't feel that way. Hopefully you do. Well, thank you. I, I do. I do appreciate. No, no, without without kidding, I do appreciate it. You know, it is hard work. It's not like I tell you. It's not like I wake up and I'm just like, oh, singing and there's flowers blooming. It's not like that at all. Uh, you do have to work for it. But that's what I'm telling you. When you're doing something and you mess up, and it's how you speak to yourself that really matters. Because you could see me on Instagram. You could you hear me on the air, and you could be like, oh, you know, she's got such a great life, or you know, she's so positive. But then I go home and then I'm just like terrible to myself and I'm like eating junk food all day and getting drunk and you know what I mean? Like that's deceptive. That's not that's not living my truth. 
you know? And so uh, I have to be held accountable. But you're holding yourself accountable, yes. which is what? I have to. So hard to do. I don't know. I don't think it's that hard because you have to answer to somebody. You have to have accountability. So it's either my mom or myself. I don't want to answer to my mom. Because <laughs> <laughs> I say, if I don't have to ask my mom for permission, I'm definitely not asking anybody for permission. That's my, that's my line right there. You hago lo que quiero until I have to ask my mom, then it's like a whole different story. I'm going to throw myself off a building. Okay, mom, I'll, I'm going to come out good on the other end. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to work. But um, I'm very daring. I, I'm very, I'm a junkie. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love all this the stuff. And I don't do it as often as I should because I don't. So I, I want to throw myself off a plane, but I don't do it because my mom is like deathly afraid that something is going to happen. So I take into account her okay. feelings. Do you see what I'm saying? Like. But I can't because I respect my mom and I don't want to give her a heart attack okay. kind of thing, you know? Monica, you definitely need to find a way. And I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. I don't listen to you on a daily basis. It's fine. Or weekly or even monthly. I don't listen to myself but 100%. Hopefully, but, but, but wait, but hopefully, like what your strengths are, hopefully you know your mindset, the, like uh -huh. the, the, the strengths that, that, that you have, hopefully you're able to transmit them on a daily basis to your audience somehow, some way. And I'm sure there's I mean, salt you know, and pepper there, but yeah, it's hopefully, <clears throat> or you find an outlet because again, as I, even my daughter, right? When, when I have her listen to other podcasts, from other from other females, and she's like, oh yeah, I really like how she said this, like mm -hmm. whoever, right? And I'm like, Elizabeth, I've been telling you the same thing for five years <laughs> or more, yeah. and until some um, until you listen to it from someone else, you get it, like ah. Oh. But that's what we need, yeah. right? Like a different perspective. I'm definitely gonna pitch a story, a, a story, an idea that I've been uh, working on. I even before this podcast that okay. I wanna do. But again, just like you said, I don't wanna, I, even though I've been talking about it for a long time, but um, again, I'll, I'll talk to you about it after this. Okay, okay. Um, I just, I I don't know. I, I feel very honored, A, that, that you're inviting me to your platform because, again, I don't wake up with the aspirations to necessarily say, ooh, I'm gonna go change somebody's life. But I do appreciate the interaction. Um, I feel like I learn more from people when I do, and I learn things about myself that I wouldn't otherwise if I just stayed in my own bubble, you know? But again, going back to death and um, our short time on this planet, and, I, and it's it could be you know 15 years, 50 years, or 100 years, that's not enough time to do everything that we are capable of doing. And I think that there is a different um, mentality that if we all just got on that wavelength, our society as a whole would be so much better. You know, why, why are we so combative? And we're angry. We're just really angry, and we're angry at the wrong people, you know? Um, I don't know if I can change the world, amigo, but I'm going to certainly try. If you change one person, that's more than enough, I think. Yeah, and it, it, if I can just change myself to be better, that's all that matters to me, you know? It does. Monica, you have no idea how thankful I am, and, and yes. I, again, appreciate you, but I'm going to stop saying thank you because everyone's going to be like, <laughs> at least 20 times this guy said thank you to Monica, You're but I'll fine. stop there. You're fine. But I will ask you the last question that yeah, I ask go for every it. single guest. Yes. And we talked about it already in bits and pieces, Okay. but um, here's our last chance. 
What is one thing you love about El Paso? And it cannot, you can't say food because that's a given. And what is one thing that you will, will, will like to change or improve about our city? So what is it that I love about El Paso? You know what I love about El Paso is that when I talk about our city and its history, that people are like, what? I had no idea. That I can surprise people with our history. Did you know, the way I see it, did you did you know? Oh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm gonna edit this for sure. Did you know that Amelia Earhart stayed in El Paso? Okay, that sounds very familiar, and I'm sorry about my ignorance. She is the first woman that flew cross continental. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. yes okay, yes. did you know that she stayed at the hotel downtown? Why did at she the stay Paso here? del Norte? No. See. Si. So, like, there's been a plethora of people, like, celebrities and, you know, dignitaries that have been through El Paso and have stayed here. But she was one of them. I didn't know that. I just found that out, like, this year, which is fascinating because she's one of my most amazing people that, you know, I would love to meet. met. But um, little tidbits like that. That's what I love about El Paso, that you could still surprise somebody and be like, I didn't know that, and I've lived here all my life. That's how rich El Paso is with its history, right? And what is what was the second question? What is what it is that one thing that you change or that improve? I would change or improve about our city? Before you answer, though, okay. Uh, and I'm gonna I have to ask you: What are some local role models here in El Paso that you seek for advice, or that you like what they're doing? Or, I mean, again, it doesn't have to be um, a role model 100 percent that you um, wanna maybe be like yeah. them. But what are what are some figures here in El Paso locally that you admire or respect? So, it's a terrible, terrible oh, you answer. You like that question, huh? I do like the question, <laughs> but it's going to be a terrible answer. Go for so, it. it's going to be like chopped up. So, I admire a lot of people in El Paso. You know, uh, some of my good friends uh, from news anchors to other radio personalities to business owners. Uh, but I, um, I guess I don't, I'm too busy to focus and, and analyze what they're doing because I'm trying to focus and analyze myself. Is that too weird? To be honest with you, a normal person, yes, but in your case, the way you have your emotional intelligence and your priority set makes perfect sense. <laughs> I feel like you're just weird. No, 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 <laughs> it, it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know, so I do, I admire a lot of people in, in the city. Um, do I wanna grow up and be them? Sure. But I'm too busy trying to mold who I am and be who I am and shine that I don't have the opportunity to to analyze what they're doing, honestly. And here's the thing, like um, a lot of people people will say, uh, do you have you listened to this person or um, do you listen to this other person and I, or listen to this podcast? And I don't because I don't want anything to influence me. Interesting. I like to do me first and then I'll go back and check to see what they did. And I'll be like, oh, that was good. I should have done that. But because I feel like it's going to influence what I'm trying to do and I'm trying to stay away from that. So I try to just be creatively in my own space before I go out and research it. Because if I do, then I feel it's going to influence what I'm doing. And I want to do everything as organic as I can, as, as, um, what's the word, uh, natural and, and que me salga the, from where it's going. For example, like, you know, asking about 
interviewing tips and stuff like that. So to be honest with you, yes, I'll have to like, sometimes it's easy as like reading somebody's wiki page, which is cheating. It's like cliff notes for the person, right? Uh, but but sometimes you just don't know anything about the person or you know they'll send you a bio and I'll read that but outside of that I don't necessarily do a lot of research on my interviews because I want that raw interaction and I just I just have that conversation with them I'm not now that's not to say that some people will actually feed you the questions that they want you to ask like these are specifically the questions they want you to ask. So I'll take the questions and then I'll work around them to try and get in what I need to say. But I like to keep it as spontaneous as possible. And I know a lot of people that freaks them out. But I think that that's where you get the most genuine responses. You know what I mean? Their genuine reaction. Like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. That's the point. And, and, and that's the tricky part, of, for example, for what I'm doing, because I'm trying to mix both. Because what I have found in my guess that when I tell them a fact that, example in your case, you started in 1992, you're like, oh, you did your research. You like that, you respect my time, right? So mm -hmm. my number one job here is for you to like our conversation here. Hopefully we're able to connect and again, develop a relationship. But then like you said, if maybe we wanna talk an hour about mindset, well, let's do it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the, where I, at least my take, I try to do both, right? Because at the same time, there's some topics that you do want to talk about the, like, the, the, there's several that maybe you're like, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm glad we talked yeah. about that. Yeah, but you also have to be, you know, respectful of, of who you're interviewing yeah, and how definitely. they're how they're comfortable. You know, some artists are like, you know, they just want you to stick to the, to the script. Mm. And I'm fine with that. And I'll do it, you know. But it'll, obviously you're just going to get that much out of them. You're not going to get anything more. Um, and it's fine. It's fine. It's not like your most memorable. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. Yeah. I'm so curious and I will pay to watch you interview like someone on, not famous, someone on mindset, on self-discipline. I, I, I'm wondering what take you would, like, okay, well that's more on the technical side, but. Yeah, I don't know. You know, you just have to go with the flow and you have to, it's it's reading people. Yeah, That's what it is. You just have to read people and, and see how comfortable they are, how uncomfortable they are. You know, you'll, you'll know when you're hitting on, on some stress points and whatnot. But um, again, it just goes back to having that conversation and making them feel comfortable, making them feel like you're trustworthy. That's the thing, right? It's trust. Again, it starts with trust and it ends with trust. Trust yourself. Others have to trust you. It's, it's, it's a circle. Yeah. It's a circle. Nice. Uh, Rasi, what is one thing that you would change or improve about our community? If you oh. had it your way. You know what? I would like to change the narrative that El Paso is dangerous. Who says that? Uh, movies. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, well, yeah, well, that's how El Paso, but how about, well, I mean, that's your answer, but in El Paso, we know we're safe for the most part. Um, I, I believe we do know we're safe. I think um, maybe I would like to change the narrative of how you talk about that there's nothing to do in El Paso, mm. or this sucks, or, well, that's El Paso. You know what I mean? Maybe we should take a little more pride in who we are and what we do. And so what if we put tajin on everything? <laughs> and what? <laughs> Okay. What if we put lime on everything? And what if all of us have kids in <laughs> high school? Right. No, you know what I mean. I think it's it it it's again how you talk to yourself. Words have power. Um, 
that we should be kinder to each other. And I think that uh, El Paso has a lot to offer. And we should definitely elevate our city. We should definitely elevate our people, our community. And we are the community. So when you talk down about, oh, this side of town and oh, that side of town and blah, 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 or there's terrible drivers. So yeah, so we're terrible drivers. Let's try not to be ter terrible drivers instead of just being like, oh, plus it's El Paso and they're terrible drivers, you know? That can be said at every in Yeah, it can be said at every That's city. So, okay, <laughs> Monica, very well said. Anything else that you want to include in our conversation before we go? Nothing. I, I want to thank you profusely for allowing me to, you know, talk. It's not often that I'm on the other end answering the questions, but I'm very honored to be here. And if anybody wants to talk or, you know, they have questions, they can always reach out to you. They can reach out to me. And uh, if um, if you want to make a change, if you're having a hard time or if you want suggestions on, you know, where to go, what to see, what to do, reach out. We're here for you. That's it. Nice. Well, thank you. Um, that's all. Thank you. Anyone who watched or listened to two and a half hours. I really appreciate it. I hope you're not you're gonna edit this down. What? <laughs> no, that's the whole thing. <laughs> By the way, adios. Hasta luego. Bye. Bye.